Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Because now we're professional, bitch. Well, ain't that some shiznit, Eric? <laughs> Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening or watching. And welcome to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. Banner! We should really have one of those for when I do that. Regardless. Okay, okay. See, now that you told me, I can work on it for the next show. Of course, we'll work on that. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. I am the voice of reason, allegedly. Joining me, as per usual, the voice you've already heard is that of your executive producer. He is the anchorman. He is the DSDO. He is Eric Watkins. We really are staying classy. And stay tuned for coming shows because you'll get to see my ugly mug even better. Stay tuned. We do have to get you a little bit more zoomed in on that uh, on that mic- on that camera, though, Eric. You're a little well, out. Of- like just- I said, stay tuned for that. There's something coming in the mail. Ah, Eric's getting a webcam, folks. Anyways, the other bemused face that you see is that of the locksmith. She is Kennedy Eddings. Happy to be involved. She's just here so she doesn't get fined. Barbells and all. <laughs> That's one for Eric. <laughs> and it is now time for your 2021 A out of God damn it. <laughs> Some things never change. They never change, do they? It is now time for your 2021 NFC preview edition here on the kickoff. Our AFC preview happened last week. It's available in the archives, also available on the YouTube channel by going to youtube.com backslash W2M Network. Booyah! Quick plug. And we are going to start in, well, in our former friends. We still miss him. I still miss him. I think he could come back one day. We'll see what happens. Eh, We'll see. We'll start in the NFC least. I mean East. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean least, because this division is god fucking awful. Um, AFC South may or may not enter the chat at some point. It, it, it's a duel. Let's just say that. I mean, at this point, outside of us, our division's kind of crap too. If we're being honest, especially especially if the Dolphins trade Howard, as has had been rumored. Fair. Well, speaking of which, Kennedy, check it out. Officially repping our boys, both shirt. And hat today. I really need to get on that for next week. <laughs> I would recommend it, especially since you have the potato shirt that you could wear. I do have the potato shirt. Uh, if you don't know what the potato shirt is, you'll see next week here on the kickoff. <laughs> All right, so let's get to it. We start with our fearless, fearful, fear mongering, whatever you want to call Sean Garmer. We start with his team. We start with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Eric. It begins and ends with number four, doesn't it? I mean, it's pretty obvious. If you've been watching Hard Knocks this season, you've seen him showing off his various scars, him looking to come back, getting injured somewhat again, being in light throwing, the mild horror show that is Ben DiNucci at backup. But 
as he's shown on exactly why he's gotten paid, as Dak Prescott goes, the Cowboys go, which might be a little bit farther this year, question marks. Well, the problem is, is that they are in a division where if Prescott's healthy, they're the obvious favorites, right, Kennedy? Yeah, absolutely. For the, sure. the, the problem is, is we don't know how well Prescott's going to be able to play because we haven't seen him in a preseason game. Not that that's a bad thing, because let's be honest, glorified exhibitions. At that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll let you speak on the Etienne situation a little bit later, Derek. Don't worry. I'll say I'll save that for the end. I'll save that for the end for you, buddy. But why risk Prescott in a game that's ultimately not going to matter? Because it could end up similar to what happened with Travis Etienne. Now, it, 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 exactly. Oh, I mean, as is, you've already got bigger situations trying to get with Dan Quinn getting his defensive system organized, which you've already had a little bit of a speed bump with that to him being in the COVID protocol during the preseason. You're getting your other offensive weapons around. You've got key turnover, and if you can limit the number of issues you have going into week one, all the better. I hate to say it because I really do like the Bills receiving core. This starting trio of wide receivers in Dallas might be the best in the NFL. Amari Cooper. Oh, thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. Amari. Again. This We're is what official, happens when you man. have an executive producer who actually does things. I have to put my glasses back on so I can read my screen. Amari <laughs> Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb might be the best trio of starting wide receivers in the NFL. The problem is, though, is that you'll notice down there at tight end where it says Sean McKeon, it's a big-ass difference from Jason Witten. It's a big-ass difference from some of the names that the Cowboys have had at that tight end position over the years. Ultimately speaking, it's going to depend on number 21's performance as well because Ezekiel Elliott is once again going to be responsible for carrying the Cowboy load in order to take as much pressure as humanly possible off of Prescott. Eric, buy or sell. That's right. We're starting this segment early this year. Buy or sell. Ezekiel Elliott has to have a 1,500-yard season for Dallas to have a successful season. I'm going to sell just a little bit, especially with the schedule. I don't think 1,500 is necessary, but you want to shoot for about at least 1,250, 1,300 range. Because let's face it, even just hitting 1,000 is not going to cut it. The, yeah, mission think- is to, the mission is to feed him. He's still primed to have some big performances. But if you've got the offensive line as it is, you need a power run. That's what Mike McCarthy is good at. That's what's really going to be featured. Well, we kind of talked about this last week, Kennedy. At a 17-game season now, uh, 50 yards a game is 850 on the season. So you're looking at maybe 75 yards a game for a 1,000-yard season. If Ezekiel Elliott averages 75 yards a game, the Cowboys are in trouble, aren't they? Yeah, I don't like. I don't know if they need to depend on because, like you said, that trio, the trio they have is good. So I don't know if it's gonna ride on him, but he definitely needs, like Eric said, like twelve fifty, thirteen hundred. But the question is, is 
how much pressure is he going to be able to take off, the, off of Prescott in order to be able to get to the, the ball to that trio of wide receivers. I think the reason I say that I want it, if I'm Dallas, I want at least 1,500 out of Zeke because that's going to make defenses more honest. And that's going to give Prescott more time and able to try to be able to get the ball to that trio of wide receivers that we just talked about earlier. I, I don't because I see teams that rely on their running back like Minnesota a lot. I mean, I get they have they have Thielen and, and Jefferson, but how often do they fall back on Cook? And then, well, that has more to do with who's playing quarterback. We'll get to yeah. we'll get we'll get to daytime we'll get to daytime Kirk Cousins a little bit <laughs> later on in this broadcast. Speaking of which, uh, Eric, are we doing actual like uh, team cues this week, or are we just doing divisional cues? Just divisional cues because that would have been a few too many. That's fair. That is a lot. All right, let's talk Cowboys defense. And I got to be honest with you, the days of the Cowboys defense being intimidating are over. I'm looking at the see that. I'm looking at the starting lineup for the Dallas Cowboys here, and there are literally two names that scare me on this defense. Leighton Van Der Esch, who hasn't proven that he can stay healthy for a season, i.e. Uh, Sean Lee syndrome, and Micah Parsons. And that's only because I'm a huge-ass Micah Parsons fan because he was a Penn State Nittany Lion. Honestly, uh, the secondary does not scare me at all if I'm an opposing quarterback. And the offensive line is nowhere near the level of what it used to be outside of maybe Randy Gregory. And Gregory's coming off of an off-campaign himself. Eric, is the big D in Dallas no longer stand for defense? Honestly, no. As much as I love Micah Parsons myself, and I've seen him entirely ball out, and he's really going to take over Vander Esch's spot as being that anchor, you're not seeing a whole lot of moment of pressure from that 3-4 front. You're not seeing total lockdowns in the secondary. They have had flashes, but... It's going to take time for this system to gel yet again. And I even think if you have them running at their peak, you still got limits. I'm sorry. Maybe if you end up top 15 in defense, that's great. But that's a pretty low ceiling. Same question, Kennedy. Does the D in Dallas stand for defense still? I think their defense is going to be their downfall this year. I think their offense might be able to, to get stuff done, but their defense isn't going to be able to hold it together for them. All right, Eric, let's head let's head north and east and over towards the ocean. Hmm. The one that aren't the one that aren't formally redacted. Ah, yes, that one. You <laughs> lost me. I don't know where we're going. <laughs> We are heading to New York. Well, technically, oh. New Jersey. Well, yeah. Officially. Damn Hudson River and all this and that. Well, it's not really ocean. Give Eric a second. Give Eric a second to load the graphic, and we'll talk about the New York Giants. <laughs> yeah, you mean that one? <laughs> This one, it's up there. You're Team heading Park. towards the uh, Atlantic over there. Hmm. Y'all can really I read guess that? technically speaking, I, I feel like perhaps the uh, the redacteds would be more towards the... That one? Yes, that would be the team in question. Hmm. 
All right, so. Uh, it's time to talk New York football giants. And I watched their preseason. I watched their preseason game against the Cleveland Browns, and I have to tell you, nothing that really impressed me. But to be fair, again, this preseason hasn't really meant a whole lot because not a whole lot of teams are playing their number ones. So take that for what you will. That being said, as a Bills fan, it was kind of nice watching us beat the snot out of the Bears on Saturday. Yeah, who the hell gave that um, monster the auto? Damn, Daniel Google. Jones. <laughs> We've been talking and talking over the course of the last two seasons. Is this the year? Is this the year? Is this this is Jones's third year? This was the year that that Josh Allen took the big step going forward. Now, granted, Josh Allen picked up a lot more weapons than Daniel Jones obviously has here. Although I will say that Dime Store Danny does have a better starting running back, and we'll talk about the return of Saquon. We'll talk about we'll talk about the return of Saquon Barkley here shortly. But uh, Kennedy, I'll start with you here. Buy or sell? Daniel Jones has to perform this year, or the Giants move forward. I get really confused when you say buy or sell. Kennedy. Because I have not played this game. Buy yet. means you agree. I ask you a- disagree. <laughs> Eric, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. A little bit of a lag, but I can hear you. <laughs> can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, what the f- <laughs> Oh, no. But while we get some a couple of difficulties straightened out with uh, Harry, yeah, we'll call him Henry. <laughs> see, now you got me doing it. Damn, it's contagious. But buy or sell, so agree or disagree, okay, about more of a reliance on Saquon Barkley going forward, similar to what we talked about with Dallas. I thought he said Daniel Jones. I did I say, say Daniel Barkley. Jones. Okay. <laughs> You heard correctly, Kennedy. I did say oh, Daniel yeah. Jones. <laughs> Sorry All right, about so that. One more time. <laughs> so are we All writing right, on I'll Daniel Jones? Let me let me re-ask the question and I won't phrase it as a buy or sell. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm in it now. All right. Daniel Jones either has to step up or the Giants move on this year. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You get so I, I've talked to you guys a lot about this. Is like everybody goes off somebody's rookie rookie year, which yes, I get, but I also think you need to give somebody the chance to transition from college to NFL unless they're like complete ass. He wasn't, I wouldn't say like complete ass, but by year three, you either need to pick it up or they need to move on because how much time and money and effort are they going to spend on you to get it together? You've already been in the NFL for three years. You've already had enough practice. You've already played enough games. I watched him last year. He has, he has the fire in him. He just needs to get going. Eric, either Daniel Jones performs this year or the Giants move on. I completely agree. When it comes to quarterbacks nowadays, the third year is your definitive year. You're getting into this system, especially if you've had the 
relative stability that an organization like the Giants has had. Yes, you have had turnover as far as with coaching, but you've had time now offseason even more so to get under the system under Joe Judge as a head coach. I'm sorry. If you're going to be Danny Dimes, great. You're going to get that fourth year and eventually another pretty decent deal. But if you're still going to be Danny Loose Change, Giants have got to move on because those fans are going to be booing and all sorts of things, proving that they were right the whole time. All right, so here comes the big question in New York this year, though, at least for the NFC side of the ball. How healthy is Saquon Barkley? The Giants lost Barkley super early into the season last year and clearly tanked the franchise. Admittedly, they had an opportunity to win the division last year, but in fairness, it was a garbage division. We've talked about this repeatedly last year. We don't need to go back into it. We already kind of have at the start of this discussion, but still. Saquon Barkley is back. Is Saquon Barkley the best running back in this division still, though? If Kennedy. he's healthy. If he's healthy. I, absolutely. The question I, I don't put a lot of dispute into that. The question is, is how healthy is he though? Who knows? <laughs> well, it is a question mark, especially after such a major injury, but you have sort of the benefit of time in this case. Because it happened so early last season. You had the rest of the season to go ahead and usually get surgery, have that recovery time. Then you had the off-season, strengthen, work out, get back into your routines, get back into shape. I really think Saquon Barkley, even if the old saying is, well, you're never 100% after something like that, I think we're going to see him as close to 100% as he can be. Yeah, I would agree I'm pulling up the uh, pulling up the roster on my phone as well, so that way I have it in front of me too to look at. But I agree, and I think that this is going to be an opportunity. This is going to be a question of opportunity versus availability. How much how much advantage did Saquon take during that downtime in order to get himself back to a point where he can be a successful part of this franchise? Because the Giants clearly need him to be that successful part of this franchise. Because there's nothing at the wide receiver position that really scares you there. Sterling Shepard has proven competent. However, he is not breakaway. Kenny Galladay has flashes, but is inconsistent. Darius Slayton and John Ross III, as you can see there. Slayton was, um, Slayton's a second year out of West Virginia, correct? Oh, Slayton, I believe so. And John Ross is coming over from Cincinnati, where since... Well, let's be honest, in Cincinnati, he was a three at best behind um, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. Well, when looking at this, a little bit of a callback for the question that we had with Zeke. If there was a running back who needed a 1,500-yard season to buoy his team's success, it's Barkley, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Absolutely agreed. He doesn't, have the, he doesn't have the support like Zeke does, so he absolutely, like wide receiver-wise, he absolutely needs to come back and, and do the thing or else they're not. He does have the benefit of a much better tight end than Dallas has in Evan Ingram, however. Yes. 
Evan Ingram's probably one of the, I would say, five, ten best tight ends in the NFL right now. Well, he fucked me on fantasy last year, so I don't want to talk about him, but. <laughs> How dare he? Let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball for the Giants here, and you'll see a couple of names there that'll be familiar to longtime NFL fans, but then a couple of other names that maybe longtime NFL fans might not know. Uh, Jabril Peppers is somebody that I do want to talk about because Peppers is somebody who I don't think gets the credit for being as good as he is at his position. And he's also that dynamic kick returner as well that I think gives them a secondary boost too. The question is, is when you have somebody that is a defensive starter returning kicks, is that something that you want as a coach, Kennedy? I don't see why not when it comes to what the Giants need. Eric, same question. Would you want one of your starters on defense returning kicks? No. I mean, if I've got someone who is really that focal point in my secondary, especially someone like Jabril Peppers, I really wouldn't want to risk any sort of flukish anything on special teams, especially for potentially marginal returns. I mean, yeah, if you've got a fifth or sixth wide out, that's a perfect spot for him, but no, too much risk and potentially too very little reward. They need to take what they can get. That's just me. <laughs> See, we say that as Bills fans, but we don't have that problem. Because that's, our kick, that's our, not my kick problem. our kick returners like our sixth wide receiver. Well, that's a them problem. I'm not see. Not to everybody us. has the luscious benefits of all sorts of talent that you can plug and play here. This is how the other half lives. Not that I'm bitter, anxious about being one of them at all. No, it's fine. You guys did great. Mike McCarthy, Joe Judge. McCarthy has history on his side as the Dallas coach. Joe Judge has last season and, well, if we're being honest, kind of getting fucked over by Philly. Because let's be real, the Eagles quit in that Sunday night football game. There's no way around it. Facts. Facts. So, realistically speaking, Joe Judge could be coming off of a division championship, even if it wasn't a crap-ass division. Is Joe Judge the answer in New York? Is he the next guy that's going to go the, the way of the Tom Coughlin era for the Giants? Kennedy? I don't know enough about him to judge, to judge him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about him to judge him. But, Eric, uh, Eric, I need a rim shot graphic for next week as well, please. All right. Adding that to the list. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Eric, same question. Is Joe Judge the guy to bring the Tom Coughlin era of the Giants back to prominence? I wouldn't quite say to like Tom Coughlin era levels, but I think so. Now, granted, still a little bit of an unknown from his position as special teams with the Patriots. However, he's shown that he can bring the positive aspects of a winning committed culture and now that he's had that time, you are seeing more and more players buy in. It's going to be a bit of a longer process, but I think for this time, he's the guy to build this sort of a rebuild. And let's be honest here. Barkley doesn't get injured last year. The Giants run away with the NFC East. Easily. Easily. Yes. Like it, It's not even close. Yeah. All right. 
let's go let's go west ish kind of but still in the east as we move towards philadelphia mr watkins all righty um correct me if i'm wrong nick sirianni's a first year head coach no I would think so because I'd never even heard of him. Sure, I, I don't recall him ever having a head coaching job on any level. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the uh, with the Eagles here. They are officially committed to Jalen Hurts now. Although, look who the backup is in uh, in Philadelphia, there, Mister Watkins. Oh, I saw this, <laughs> and I saw in preseason. Did you ever hear the saying, you have someone who's like a bad penny? They always turn up somewhere where you never expect it. Not Flacco only, is that bad penny. Well, not only Flacco, look who's third string right behind Flacco. It's Big Dick Nick Mullins. Big Dick Nick Mullins. Well, look, right. He was the second Big Dick Nick. And look at how well that worked out. Look at how well the first one worked out. But we ain't even talking about that. I mean, in fairness, the first one's a backup in Chicago these days, so. Yeah, that's how bad he sucks. He's a backup in Chicago. What could, what could have been? What could have been? Indeed. Um, so you'll notice the marquee position that I'm going to talk about for the Eagles offense here is going to be the man that we thought might not be a Philadelphia Eagle at this time two weeks ago. Because there were heavy rumors that Zach Ertz was on his way to Buffalo. However, as you guys can see, and as you can see on the little updated button right at the top of the screen, updated August 25th at 10.08 p.m. Eastern Time, it appears that Zach Ertz is going to remain in Philadelphia, at least for the foreseeable future. Obviously a much better team with Zach Ertz than without him. The heir apparent is there, though, in Dallas Goddard, Eric. Really is, and this was a wise move by Philadelphia. All right. We know the situation with Ertz is tenuous. We know our wide receivers, for the most part, are, shall we say, forgettable. Eh, Devonta Smith. That's it. The first-round draft pick out of Alabama. Okay, outside of Devontae Smith, they're forgettable. So they went ahead and say anything happens or going forward next year, two years, whatever it be, we've got a bit of a lineage that we can protect at that, give Hertz a little bit of help. So they at least got that right. I'm just now realizing that they spent back-to-back first-round picks on wide receivers. Yeah, look, yeah. Look, look right forgettable. above. Like look I right, said, that's why they did it. <laughs> look right above Devonta Smith, and you'll see Jalen Rieger. Um, Miles Sanders had a very good season last year. Miles Sanders is also a former Penn State Nittany Lion. Miles Sanders is not going to strike fear in the hearts of most defenses. And Jordan Howard's best days are behind him from Chicago. It's on Jalen Hurts in this offense, is it not, Eric? It really is. You're going to see a lot more defenses, and you've already tried it. Put eight in the box and say, all right, use your legs, use your ability, make the throws, and beat us that way. 
because we know you're not going up the middle whatsoever. Now, how Hurts can handle this, especially saying, hey, you're the guy. Carson Wentz is in Indianapolis. And Hurt, again. Again? Uh, I thought he just got cleared. Yeah, that was a bit of an update. There's a good chance he plays week one. Yeah. I what? Fun. Yeah. yeah well, Philadelphia is going to be happy about that because they have that whole 60% thing riding on this year. I don't yeah, know if you guys remember. Pick. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they have to send that pick back to Indianapolis if Wentz doesn't play 60% of the season. I'm surprised to hear that Wentz got cleared from his foot. Yeah, that okay. was like two weeks ago or early last week they said that he was cleared to play. I may have been out of town. Again, he was on assignment. Air quotes on a video podcast. <laughs> it works this time. <laughs> uh, I was a little tied up. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll move forward here. Um, Kennedy, same, same question. This team's going to have to rely on Jalen Hurts, no? If they can. I don't know. I don't think he has it in him to, to get done says- with the Eagles. What? She says she says that as an Alabama fan, and she's saying Jalen yeah. Hurt. Well, well, she knows how Alabama quarterbacks have fared in the NFL. But in so. fairness, baby. But in <laughs> fairness, said Hurts is not an Alabama quarterback. If you recall, his final season no. was spent in Oklahoma. He was brought up in El, not brought up, but like brought up in Alabama. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and everybody knows in the end, does that really matter? I mean, yeah, look at Troy Aikman. He started at Oklahoma before he went to UCLA. So, <laughs> <laughs> like that sassy face. Eric got really serious at the end there. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> Don't make me don't make me give a two snaps up in this bitch. I will. Oh, there we go. The and y'all can see it on video now too. So that that adds even adds to the sassiness of it all. All right, mm-hmm. let's switch over to defense now. And as has been a recurring theme in this division, um, so you have a tenured guy in Brandon Graham. A 2010, so that means he's an 11-year veteran going into this season. Uh, Fletcher Cox has been around for a very long time as well. But if you look down there, Eric, uh, Darius Slay has had flashes. But otherwise, I mean, Ryan Kerrigan, if healthy, because Ryan Kerrigan was a difference maker with Washington for a while. But again, much the same way we said with Dallas, much the same way we said with the Giants, not a whole lot in the way of defensive standouts here. Oh, my God, I just realized something. The best defensive player in this division is in Washington. Let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. Let that sink in. This is just going to be an offensive uh, east. You realize that this is going to basically be the Pac-12 of the NFL. Or the Big 12, even. It, it, everything is made up and defenses don't matter. Exactly. I mean, you talked about the man who earned the nickname Big Play Slay. Fantastic when he was in Detroit. But if he doesn't live up to that nickname again, what is Philadelphia going to do? Yes, you've got a veteran defensive line, as you pointed out, but 
how much do they really have left in the tank? At some point, you're going to get worn down. And, oh, if you love shootouts, the NFC East is looking like it's going to be your go-to. See, that's the thing, though, because usually divisional games aren't really high scoring. So could this be the potential exception to that rule this year? It's sure looking like it based on what we're looking at for the starters for these teams. I mean, I don't see why not. Now, granted, that's going to help with Fitzmagic quite a bit. I forgot about him. We're about to talk about him next. As a matter of fact, Eric, I do believe you get to use the first time for the night on this. What was that? Segway! Segway! Let's let's go back towards the ocean once again. This time towards a team so racist they had to change their name. And they're going to change it again, probably. Maybe. <laughs> I do like the fact that we both did kind of the, the dorky <laughs> white guy thumbs up, except, you know, Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the name of your podcast. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, come on. Absolutely not. I mean, uh, it, it's, we'd have to work out a lot of different negotiations with that one. <laughs> and Kennedy has gone dark on us. All righty. Well, we will see what Temple River lead to do. But since we were talking about Washington... You mentioned it. We might as well discuss it. It is Fitzmagic time in Washington as Ryan Fitzpatrick has left the Dolphins and made his way up to Washington to be the quarterback for the Washington football team. Uh, I mean, honestly, good for him in my eyes. I was really glad to see him get yet another job. And also, if you have fans of other leagues, remember the name Taylor Heineke, especially after what happened in the postseason last year him pushing Fitz for the job this year, but the wily veteran member of the Brotherhood of Epic Hair, he's like, hey, I've done this before. I'm going to do it again. Well, speaking of somebody who has a pretty decent one himself, Beard recognizes Beard. Mm -hmm. And also, given the fact that he is a former Buffalo Bill, there is a soft spot in my heart for Mr. Fitzpatrick. I just, I hate how he's been whored around. He needs a home. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> he had so much That's... potential. I really feel like he did and nobody just gave him a solid chance. I love him. <laughs> Eric, I'm pretty sure that's one of the quotes for tonight's episode. I hate how he's been whored around. Uh, yeah. If I could find a way to work that in the episode title, <laughs> I'll get creative. We'll see if we can't make that work. All right, let's talk wide receivers here in Washington. And I got to tell you, there's only one that really strikes fear in my in, in fantasy players' hearts as well as in opposing defensive hearts. But goddamn, is this dude worth it in Terry McLaren? I have him on my fantasy league. <laughs> Scary Terry. It ends right there. Uh, unfortunately, that's about all there is at the wide receiver position, as you guys can see for yourself. Logan Thomas has been a decent tight end. Logan Thomas is also a former Buffalo Bill. 
Um, but if you look at the other starting tight ends, Adam Humphrey and Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, you'll recognize the name from Carolina, but that's about all you'll know from Carolina because he ain't do shit while he was there. It's another one of those to where the potential was there, the hype was there, but he was just invisible. Maybe he does something to resurrect his career. I don't know. Because, again, you've got McLaurin as your deep threat. Humphrey's really more shallow routes and in the slot. Oof. Fitz has done more with less, but this isn't a lot. He can do it, man. <laughs> I just want him to win. The question's going to be is how does Diami Brown fit into this? The, the second-round draft pick out for Washington in this year's draft. Because you'll pull up, if you pull up the uh, split screen once again for us, Mr. Watkins. Yo, I'm going to love these graphics this year. I'm <laughs> uh, you'll notice that he's currently listed as a number two, but I don't see it. I don't think it takes too long before he's listed in a number one spot, especially with the overall lack of, well, talent, if we're being honest, at the wide receiver position for this team. If Diami can play up to the third round, excuse me, third round draft pick status that he had, then I feel like it will be sooner rather than later that they end up finding him a spot in the starting lineup. I mean, after all, look what round McLaurin was drafted in as well. This is a team that for everything that was going on up top, when it actually comes to football, they figured a few things out, and they've gotten those gems. Okay, so there is one other person on this offense that I want to talk about. He is not the starting running back. He is not the second, third, fourth string running back either. He is Jarrett Patterson, currently listed as the fifth string running back. Sure I, is. I do not think that that lasts for long because, as Eric will tell you, Kennedy, we are big fans of some action here on the kickoff. And Jarrett Patterson went the fuck off last season. I, I mean, I'm surprised that honestly he isn't way farther up there already because, yes, even though free agent, even though young, you want to have as many stabilizing forces as you can. And with a guy like him, please, you talk about keeping defenses honest. Um, you'll see a couple of names that you'll recognize at the at the running back. Uh, apologies to our audio listeners, but I will go over them as well. For our video watchers, you will see a couple of names at the running back position you do recognize. Gibson's the starter. Gibson had a decent rookie season, but nothing to write home about. Uh, I would argue probably the worst of the four starting running backs in this division because Sanders actually did step up for Philly last year. And with Elliott and Saquon Barkley, I think it makes him a pretty clear fourth out of four. But you'll recognize the two names on the second and third string line there as well. J.D. McKissick, formerly of the Lions and also of the 49ers. And then Peyton Barber, who actually had a solid run with the Browns before moving over to Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I kind of question these moves because... I don't know if maybe it's because Ron Rivera was eventually just spoiled with what he had at the running back position and trying to recapture that in Washington, but clearly 
this kind of backfield isn't going to work in its current state on this depth chart. I don't know. It just felt like with the, these signings, something was just missing. You, you know, you get it, but you don't really get it. Get it? Get it. I get it. Got it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Let's move over to the defense. And as I mentioned, I don't think there's a question, especially after the way he played his ass off last season. The best defensive player in this division was a rookie last year. And it's only going to get better. I don't think there's a question the best defensive player in this division is Chase Young. That's a bad bitch. You're not going to get any arguments from me on that one. Uh, looking down the rest of the defensive lineup there, you'll see a couple of names you'll recognize. Uh, specifically that of Montez Sweat. So you between can, You can't get rid of them, Old Spice. Between Young and Sweat... That's quite a pair of defensive ends they have there. Honestly, the, uh, the the entire defensive line for Washington's pretty solid. Definitely going to make some of these younger quarterbacks in the division sweat a little bit. Uh, I'll see myself out. You should. Groan. <laughs> uh, first round draft pick D Jamin Davis starting at middle linebacker this year as well. The uh, problem is, is with John Bostick and Cole Holcomb checking out the depth chart here. I'm glad I have this in front of me because, honestly, if I didn't have this in front of me, I wouldn't know these dudes' names. And then you'll see the uh, you'll see the secondary as well. The name that does stick out to me <coughs> is Landon Collins, the former Giant, going over to a division rivalry. Uh, Eric, Collins has something to prove now that he's with a division rival, doesn't he? Absolutely. With a rather, you could say, ignominious exit in New York. Oh, going over to a team and the fact that just as an equal threat to win the division and saying, hey, go ahead and look what I do and what you could have had. He's primed to have a very good season. Kennedy, same question. Division rival, joining a division rival. There's extra pressure on him, no? Sorry, I got distracted. I was reading other players, and I forgot what we were talking about. Landon Collins. There we go. No, the yes. Former, the former Alabama Crimson Tide safety. I know. I just I got stuck on Chase Young, and then I started thinking about his year last year. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I agree with what Eric said. <laughs> 100%. I listened. I just didn't. The, the hamster didn't go when you... See, Harry, now aren't you glad that I promised I would be sober? <laughs> I am sober. <laughs> I know, but if I wasn't, you, you did a better job abuse. last time drunk with the truly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. You leave my trulys alone. I, I got caught up reading. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, projected order of finish. Eric, I'll start with you. Whoa. Oh, this is tough. Dallas, Washington, New York, Philadelphia. But it's going to be pretty much a dogfight. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's more than a game or two in any direction for any of these teams. No, and I no. don't think any of them win more than 10 games. Yeah, I mean, you've got easily a good 10-7 and seven winner 
and then nine and eight, or maybe some sort of tiebreakers come in. Or actual ties. Kennedy projected order of finish for the division. Uh, I think it's going to be Washington, New York, Dallas Eagles. Okay. I'll be the one to throw. I'll be the one to throw my name on the grenade here. Eagles win the division. I'm getting bold early on this week's episode. Okay. Although it's not that. I would Bold-ish. say it's not that big of a grenade. Maybe a medium-sized one, but... Hmm. Um, real quick, I'm going to unplug and switch over to my iPad because I think my phone kicked me off because it's overheating. So I'll see you in like five seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, while she's doing that, I'll go ahead and give you guys my projected order to finish here. I got Philly. I'll take Washington. And then Dallas and the Giants tie at 7 and 10. Interesting. This is feasible, okay. but interesting. Okay, here's the thing with Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm under the assumption that Dak Prescott is not going to make it through this season. That makes sense. That because make sense. everything that I've heard, all the all the sources I've heard coming out of Cowboys camp, have said that Prescott does not look the same. No, and and again. With what little that they've shown on Hard Knocks, which can we all agree it's another mediocre season this year? I'm sorry, throwing that out there. It is what it is. I don't watch Hard Knocks. You're not you're not missing much this year. Ever since Cleveland, it's gone straight downhill. But I, I do have to hand it to you. They're being in a lot of ways a little too cautious. With his workload, I get even now with the shoulder injury and everything of that, but from what little that he's thrown early on in camp, he looked great. But I think with how they're handling him and his injuries, that's getting to him mentally. I think Who are we about- talking about? Dak Prescott. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think durability is going to be the issue. And I think that his durability is going to cost the Cowboys their season, which is unfortunate because they have the talent in every other position on offense. But they're going to put their eggs into the into the Prescott basket once again, and especially after paying that man as much as they did this offseason. And it's going to come back and bite him square in the ass once again. Nah, he's going to get it done this year. Not the whole, not the whole thing, but I just mean like Well, obviously not. You just, said, you just said Washington was going to win the division. Man, I got a soft spot for Fitz, all right? I just got mean a, quarter. Got a soft something for Fitz. It's not a hard Te- Technically, I I wouldn't they be a couple of harder somethings? Well, I mean, yeah, you know, bells, what have you. Anywho, <laughs> uh, Eric, it's time to switch the graphic. We move to the north. Ta da! <laughs> And we start with the Bears, and then we move on to the Lions, and now we actually talk about the teams that met. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> or, or am I? Because honestly, yikes for both of these teams. Yikes. Okay, Bears, maybe, maybe. Lions, Lions are, though, I do agree with you. Okay, Lions are yikes, except for the curiosity at quarterback with Jerry Goff. But we'll get to that in a few moments. Let's talk Bears, shall we? Um, 
Kennedy, I'll start with you for this one, and this should be a fun little game to play. You ready? Oh, man. How, how soon does Justin Fields start? Because we all know Andy Dalton ain't lasting. I'll say week three. Jesus. I mean, I gave Sorry. Dalton a little more credit than that. I don't, I, I don't like Andy Dalton, and I cannot pinpoint to you why I don't like Andy Dalton. I, I hate his face. I hate when he plays. I hate hearing Andy Dalton. I just do. I have no. Re I can't look at you and tell you why. You, you, you hear that, Buffalo like fans? Him. She yeah. hates the man after what he did for you. Yeah, that's what I'm no. over here. No, allow me because that's I what know. I'm over here. That's what I'm over here shock facing about. How dare you, ma'am? I know. I just I'm don't. A, I'm staying out of this for him. Andy Dalton is a Andy Dalton is a redheaded demigod to us Bills fans. No. Yes. Did, didn't y'all didn't use Bills Mafia as a collective get together and donate so much to charity after that game? Most of it, most of it in seventeen dollar increments. I just don't care for the guy. I'm sorry. I appreciate what he did. I just don't care to watch him play. See, had I known you were going to say this, I would have had some tea to sip for this moment. I just, he doesn't really ever, like, follow through. It is, at this, it is at this moment that Kennedy has been ex ex excommunicated from Bell's Mafia. Uh, yeah, sir, I started the curse. And then I gave birth to my son, and he ended the curse. So you can't excommunicate my family from the Bills Mafia. 25 years, this. and then I blessed us with the small human that broke the Bills was, curse. If it was not for Andy Dalton and that game, there would not have been a 10-3. to 3. I understand there. where you're coming from. Hey, Eric. Mm -hmm. Thanks for drafting Travis Etienne for us this year. We appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. You still can't have nice things. <laughs> I'm going to end up breaking Eric's confidence in the regular season. It hasn't even started yet. It's, it's going to be a fun year here on the kickoff. All right, let's look over the Chicago Bears offensive starters. And holy shit. All right, so I, I, I kind of take that back because Allen Robinson's obviously a credible number one wide receiver. Robinson yeah, yeah. He proved yeah. himself in Jacksonville. Oh, wait. Sorry, Eric. Marquise Goodwin had flashes of brilliance in San Francisco. The problem was is it was only flashes. Darnell Moody? I have never fucking heard of Darnell Mooney. I don't even see him. Well, I mean, he was, you know, a fifth-round draft pick. RWR, right underneath Robinson and above Goodwin. Oh, I can read. Found him. I can't see your screen, so I'm looking at my own screen. Uh, so there's two. There are two offensive weapons that I do want to talk about, though, because both of their tight ends are actually very good. Cole Komet, the first, the second round draft pick out of Notre Dame last year, actually had a very good rookie season, and is looking like he will be the replacement for Jimmy Graham going forward. But for now, Jimmy Graham is still involved in Chicago, having come over from Green Bay as a free agent. Jimmy Graham from. Thank you. 
our audio listeners missed that, check out the video version of the show in order to catch my response. <laughs> we, we'll call that a video tease on an audio podcast. Oh, ah! Video tease. All right. Granted, uh, I mean, if anybody's familiar with video teases and certain things. <sighs> and now you're about to get kicked off of OnlyFans, Eric. How's that feel? Well, Fansley's better anyway. I mean, that's where it's at. Fuck you, MasterCard, and fuck you, Bank of New York Mellon, by the way. Continue. <laughs> uh, so our dick of the week at the end of this episode is going to be fun. <laughs> um, it's not me. David Montgomery at running back for the Bears. Montgomery had a solid season there, but you could tell that uh, the Bears were better with running back by committee, specifically with Jordan Howard. We'll see what Howard does now that he's moved over to, I want to say, it, he's the backup in New York, I believe it was. Yeah. So, Damian Williams, the one who sat out last season from Kansas City due to the COVID protocols, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. Yes? Yes. Uh, Damian, Williams, Damian Williams, also, if I'm not mistaken, the man who should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl that previous season as well. You can make the case for it. You can. He was my vote. I'm just saying. He was my vote. All right, let's move over to defense, Eric. Okay, so my fa my favorite story of the offseason. <laughs> I know where this is going already. The Las Vegas Raiders attempted to get a hold of the Chicago Bears in order to ask what it would take to get Khalil Mack back to Las Vegas. The Bears hung up the call. The Bears were like, hey, yeah, new phone. Who this? <laughs> <laughs> or as we've uh, as we've previously quoted on this particular show, Eric, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> God, y'all are old. Sorry. You are. Can you mute her microphone, Eric? Actually. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> One of the advantages of using a video streaming service for our podcast now. <laughs> You're unmuted, Kennedy. You can tell us to fuck off. It's okay. Relax. I, I have to get this in now because, especially after next week, I'm going to be miserable. I'm enjoying this while I can. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk Chicago Bears defense overall, though. Um, so you know how we talked about the lack of defensive stars in the NFC East? Mm-hmm. Chicago's going to be a team that is absolutely carried by their defense here. If you look at some of these names here, there's a who's who on the defensive side of the ball. Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Danny Trevason, Roquan Smith. The secondary gets a little iffy. But that front seven for Chicago has potential to be really, really fucking good, Eric. I mean, when you talk about the history of Bears football, you know, the Monsters of the Midway, the 85 defense, they made a brilliant move in bringing in Khalil Mack. They made a brilliant move in hanging up the phone on the Raiders to keep him. They know better, and for all that's going on on the offensive side of the ball, they're like, you know what? We're sticking to our roots. 
we got to the playoffs because of this defense with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. We know what we're doing, and we're going to keep it that way. Did he just take a shot at our backup, Kennedy? I now have a soft spot for Mitch Trubisky, so. Look, just because y'all took him to your local Buffalo area Mazda dealer and got the fucker a tune-up, I stand by what I said. I stand by what I said before. I think it was a mistake to let Mark, Matt Barkley go for Mitch Trubisky. It, it do be facts, though. Stares in chat at Eric. <laughs> he ain't lying. All right, moving forward here. Let's go over to the Motor City and talk about the Detroit Lions. Kennedy, the big talking point here is the quarterback for quarterback swap between the Lions and the Rams. Matt Stafford out. Jarrett Goff in. I hesitate to say this because I actually do like Stafford, but I think the Lions got the better of this deal. Yeah. Uh, I 100% agree with that. I said it was stupid for the Rams to do at the start. Okay, so allow me to explain, Eric, since you gave me that confuzzled look. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, Goff is a third, fourth-year quarterback. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he is uh, fourth-year. Matt Stafford has missed time over multiple seasons due to injuries. Now, granted, that dude is a badass motherfucker for what he did in that Cleveland Browns game. Let's not forget that. Because legit. Ain't none of us got the balls to do that shit. Went over to the sideline, got his shoulder, popped back into place, and proceeded to win the fucking game. However... That, Ge that Georgia toughness. <laughs> I said it. I said it. <laughs> That's why them dogs ain't gonna win the East. Anyway. <laughs> You you missed our uh, you missed our college football preview two, uh, three weeks ago. Technically, it would have been two if we'd have done this show when we were supposed to. Never mind. It's available in the archive if people want to listen. Anywho, I think it's actually audio only though, so you have to check yes. it out. You have to check it that out on Spreaker amongst everywhere else you listen to your audio podcasts here. You know, one of the places you can listen to those audio podcasts, Eric. Segway. Well, obviously, if you're going to talk about podcasts and where to listen to anything, Amazon Music is really one of your best bets. I mean, if you don't want to see the three of us sitting here, I don't know why you wouldn't, especially, you know, or I'm going to get these directions right one of these days. <laughs> so, but you have us, or if you don't want to listen to the kickoff, we don't know why you wouldn't, but we won't hold it against you as long as you listen to one of the plethora of other W2M podcasts available. Don't, don't lie to those people, Eric. Yes, we will. We will definitely hold it against you if you don't listen to the kickoff. But if they're going to listen to Soccer to the Max, that's return. I'm not going to hold it against them, but yeah. I may or may not be biased. So go ahead, and, Go ahead and put yourself over... Well, but I mean, hey, of course, without even without me, Radulich and Broadcasting, come on. There's plenty of other shows. Or say that they don't want to listen to podcasts at all. That's fine. You've got audiobooks. You've got a whole collection of a different variety of music that you can listen to on Amazon Music. Go right ahead. It's at your fingertips. But there is a catch. There's a catch. Amazon Music, of course, is free. 
Mm-hmm. But if you really want to get in all the good stuff, mm-hmm. you got to get Amazon Music Unlimited. Mm-hmm. How do you do that, may you ask? Well, do we have the deal for you? All you have to do, go to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. And what do you know? Right there at your fingertips. You got a free trial right there, ready and waiting. Use it on up. Get excited. Again, getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. You are welcome. Okay, so if you're listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, it's worth checking out the video version just to see me and Kennedy celebrating Eric's ad read. (laughs) Honestly, might be my favorite part of the show so far. All right, back to the Lions. Go ahead and pull up that depth chart for me, Eric. Let me put my glasses back on because I can't see shit. All right. DeAndre Swift is another one of those first-round running backs that actually had a pretty successful season last year. Unfortunately, he's a Georgia Bulldog, so fuck him. No, in all sincerity, though, Swift had a very good season last year for a rookie and established himself as perhaps the next running back in Detroit more in order to be able to be one of the running back faces of the franchise. Let's be honest here. There will never be another Barry. Detroit fans need to get over the fact that there will never be another Barry. That being said, Swift proved to be perfectly capable last season. And as just a rookie last year, he made mistakes as a rookie that he's hopefully, if you're a Lions fan, not going to repeat this year. I mean, going back to the whole earlier conversation about Jared Goff, I get with Stafford's injury history. And I get that he had a whole lot of nicknames as far as padding stats and having his best performances in the fourth quarter. But look at all the situations that the Lions were in, really in some ways holding him back. I think he's going to flourish out West. And with Jared Goff, yes, he's young. Yes, he started out like a house on fire. Come on, can you not agree even if he didn't completely fall off a cliff? During in and after that Super Bowl performance, there has been a significant drop. Okay, but I will take the uh, – and I appreciate you going back to the Stafford discussion because we didn't actually finish it before the ad read, and I do apologize for that. But um, I would rather take my chances on the younger quarterback that has potential to do more going forward than the guy whose best years are most likely behind him, and we don't know how many years he has left with his health being a question mark over the course of – several of the last campaigns. Didn't he miss games last year because of a back injury? He did. And with the Lions mentality of building towards the future versus the Rams winning now, I completely get that aspect. But if we go into the 2022 or 2023 seasons, don't surprise me is we see the Lions either looking at or have already drafting another quarterback. Yes, this fits what you want to do, but I think they're going to realize quickly not the best, especially for the shorter term. All right, so back to the uh, running back position real quick, Eric. Your thoughts on DeAndre Swift? Very, very capable, and again, while there is never going to be another Barry, Swift is proving to be the guy that you really need. And if I'm Jared Goff to really help save myself, I lean on him heavily. That way the pressure is much more off of you and 
Detroit with the fact that their coaches come out and said, you know, biting ankle, slobber knocker kind of mentality. I think Swift was going to flourish in that. Uh, Kennedy, let's go over to the wide receiver position and looking at the depth chart, let's be honest. There's not much. Nope. They're the only two, I'd say weapons that, they have are going to be Swift and Hawkinson and Hawkinson. I don't think he's hurt her. I don't remember. I think he was a groin or something little, but I think the only two weapons they're going to have on their offense is Swift and Hawkinson this year. Well, I think it'll depend on Darren Fells because Darren Fells actually had a really good run with the Texans. And I do think that the two tight end set for the Lions will serve them well, both for, both for blocking for uh, DeAndre Swift, as well as protecting Jared Goff and giving him more time. I do think, and we talked about this with Evan Ingram there, uh, Hawkinson had a monster year last year and solidified himself as top 10 tight end in the NFL right now. The question's going to be, this is year this is year three for Hawkinson. Will he be able to continue at the pace that he's been able to continue at so far? Um, Eric, chemistry is key here, is it not? It, it really is. It really is. And I am going to give one other highlight. And yes, I'm going to throw another former co-host of Bold. Maybe we see a little bit more out of Rashad Perryman. Uh, maybe. Not saying definitely, but maybe. Uh, Getting uh, away from that horror show. You never yeah, know. but if we're being honest, between Sam Darnold to Jarrett Goff, it's kind of a lateral move at quarterback, isn't it? Fair. I mean, golf has potential. Darno has potential. We'll talk about Darno when we get to the South. But it, it's going to be on Perriman to step up. And Perriman having to be a number one wide receiver now, I don't see it, honestly. Oh, you never David, know. I why guess. do you have to prove a point? <laughs> Defense. Trash. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not a whole Garbage. lot here. That, not a whole lot here that'll scare you. Trey Flowers has shown signs before. Jamie Collins was actually really good in Cleveland, then went to New England and did nothing there. Uh, nobody in the secondary. That's ok Okuda had moments last year as a rookie, but you'll notice that the. Uh, I am not even going to try that, Eric. I'm going to go ahead and allow you to handle this one. Okuda's backup. Ifeatu Melifonwu. That's the kid from Syracuse that Jason thought Buffalo was going to take, isn't it? Maybe. <laughs> I think. Regardless. It was a really good try. I, I just want to hear Eric say it again. <laughs> Ifeatu Melifonwu actually does sound correct. I'm not yeah. going to try. No, I'm not saying it was wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. It's just one of those things where uh, apparently it's speak and spell here on the on the kickoff this week. Look, when you're like me and you're being praised for having a gilded tongue, you know when duty calls. You know, somewhere there's a unicorn waiting to smile at you. <laughs> Anywho, moving forward. Um, scroll back up for me, Eric. Sure. Do -do -do. A little further, up to the top of the page. Thank you. Dan Campbell's who I wanted to talk about. I wanted to make sure that I was the right team here. 
Yep. This dude, this dude is getting a reputation as a hard ass. And uh, that doesn't work in the NFL, at least not to, not to my knowledge. It doesn't work to a point. Well, here's I my thought. I dealt with this myself. Here's and... my thought. Here's my thought in, with, with regards to this here. All right. So okay. Belichick, Belichick has kind of a kind of a reputation as a bit of a ball buster. Mm-hmm. But Belichick's ball busting happens behind closed doors. Yes. If Belichick is going to take you to task, he's going to take you to task away from cameras. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell is getting a reputation for taking people to task on the field and in front of the reporters at practices. That's not it. That's where I. That's going to break morale. Morale, mm-hmm. I guess, is exactly is what I was going to say. I don't think that that's a way to keep a head coaching job in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. There are certain times as an NFL head coach, and I can take the glasses off for this because I'm not looking at, I'm not looking at the screen for for names and stuff right now. There are certain times that as a head coach in the NFL where you are absolutely going to have to tear your boys a new one. You do not do it with reporters and media present. And, and because, this was my point because if you're going to do it. If you want to keep your that job, you still have to respect your players as men when you do it. Always a time and a place. Not you only crazy. that. Uh, Sorry. I don't know. I know. I know exactly what you were about to say, Kennedy. Go ahead. No, and I, I hate it because the military taught me this too. But you praise in public and you reprimand in private, and I think that especially when it comes to things like reporters and like you are outing your your talent in front of the world it's not even like you're you're doing it in front of teammates which you shouldn't do i mean here and there okay but like even you shouldn't do that if you have mm-hmm. to scream at another grown ass man and tell him what he's doing wrong and that he has deficiencies you should not be doing that where a reporter can sit there take it to espn and then there's a headline about how he fucked up because there's going to be zero trust between your coaching staff and your players and shit's just going to roll downhill from there and then people get pissy and then people don't want to play. I mean, look how Diggs, I'm not saying Diggs got screamed at, but like, look how Diggs acted out in Minnesota because he wasn't agreeing and he wasn't even getting screamed at, you know? He, he, just, he, had a dis- he just had a disagreement with the Viking coach and it got to the point that he no longer wanted to play for the franchise. Yeah, yeah. and then... It- Imagine getting screamed at in front of players and other coaches and reporters on top of that. That's not how you do it. And nowadays, it's not even to the point to where it even has to wait to ESPN. You see that one of those reporters has their phone, takes a clip out on Twitter. There you go. It's done. It's a very quick way to lose the respect of your team. And when you lose the respect of your team, Hugh Jackson... It usually leads to you getting fired real fucking quick, Hugh Jackson. Yep. If you lose the locker room, you lose your job. Full stop. Pretty much. All right, we move on to the probable, not just probable, definitive favorites in the NFC North. And that would, I actually said NFC this time. I'm proud of myself, Eric. <laughs> We move over to the probable favorites in the NFC North. We move over to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field and the Green Bay Packers. With a potential Jeopardy host, again, people, hashtag bet on Bovada, nine to one odds. Just saying. 
nine to one odds. And and may I take this opportunity to go ahead and give a extra preliminary dick of the week to Mike Richards? Fuck you, you game show disgracing son of a bitch. Yeah, that ooh. Needless to say, life is like a game show. We'll be returning in the next couple of weeks. It will be discussed. Our schedule has changed. All right. Um, so, obviously, the talk in Green Bay is going to be Mr. Rogers. It is still Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. I will see myself out now. <laughs> As Aaron is returning to the Packers for at least one more season before this becomes the Jordan Love show, apparently. I just Aaron, I don't think he cares. I really don't think he cares anymore. And I don't think – I'm very stuck on whether they're going to take it or not depending on how Rodgers wants to play. He's got fucked his whole career with Green Bay. They never supported him. And now I just like everyone wants to win. Obviously, he's going to want to win, but it's the the mindset of caring. I think is going to be whether they he you know what the, keeps you know what it the, going. You know what the problem is, Kennedy? Is they're doing the same thing to him that they did to Favre, his predecessor. Mm-hmm. They, they have the chosen one on the roster now with Jordan Love, who apparently the Packers franchise has fallen in love with, and that's why they drafted him in the first round. I see what you did there. But it's a case of if they did it to far for Rodgers, then they're going to do it to Rodgers for love here. I don't understand why Rodgers is upset about this as he is. It's literally okay. It's so take this as a as a really really ass backwards example, but viable. If a girl cheats on her boyfriend to be with you, she's probably going to cheat on you as well. Well, it's not even so much the the love thing. He spoke out about the respect, well, the lack of respect that management was giving him and players that they had to cut and older players that were with them for a while. I, I don't think it's so much them bringing love in as in how they handle, the, how management handles the team as a whole. And I think that's what has him more frustrated because everyone's going to, that's going to happen. You're going to get replaced, but it's also how your management handles it. And he had guys on his team for years that they just disrespected when they let them go. But they did the same thing to Favre. Well, yeah. That doesn't make it right. Go ahead, Eric. Well, yeah, two wrongs don't make it right. Two wrongs just make it even. Three wrongs make it right. And really with this, it's a little bit of an extra comparison, not just with Favre to Rodgers and Rodgers to Love. With Aaron Rodgers, the beef isn't, oh, you're going to bring in this guy. He gets that the nature of the beast. It's, hey, I've done all of this. I'm trying to be nice and asking for help. This is what I need. This is what we need to win another ring to continue success. You don't get that. You decide to go do something else. That's where Aaron Rodgers is like, okay, not just, oh, I'm going to be replaced, but I'm going to be replaced and not be listened to. But that said, I said this before last year, with everything going on in that draft, that this was going to be Aaron Rodgers' fuck you tour. Guess what? 
Aaron Rodgers fuck you tour part two. Fuck this shit. I'm out. Yep. He's going to have another ball out season to just say, everybody, I told you so. Then he's going to go right over to Culver City, California. Done. Yes. <laughs> You're. And the thing about it uh, is, too, scary. sorry, I was lucky. Like, we seen your but we didn't hear uh, anything. <laughs> apologies to our video listeners there. I had to readjust real quick, but um, our video watchers there, I had to readjust, and my camera went a little wonky there for a second. I do apologize for that. But yeah, the thing about Rogers is, is Rogers actually plays. Rogers actually plays better when he's being disrespected. He showed it last year. Look at the tear the Packers went on last year. Look at how Rodgers performed when he stepped in for Favre. Rodgers plays his best when he feels slighted in some way. Because when he, when he first stepped in for Favre, he felt slighted from the Green Bay fans because of the fact that so many of them were pissed that he had taken over for Favre. Like Eric just said, last year it was the Aaron Rodgers fuck you tour part one. I have no reason to believe that this won't be another example of the same. And I would not be surprised if not only the Packers end up taking the NFC North, spoiler alert, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them once again back in the NFC Championship game, if not winning said NFC Championship game this season. It would kind of fuck up one of my parlays if that happened, but I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Um, real quick, touch on a couple of key offensive players here, Eric, if you will go ahead and do me. Thank you very much. Um, we talked about the Dallas wide receiver and core. Um as good as the wide receiving core is in Dallas, the best wide receiver in the NFC resides in Green Bay in Devonta Adams. I mean, with that, and you still got him coming up. Well, number one, you've got Randall Cobb now coming back. Mm -hmm. And someone who's also shown that they can really step in, although while not the number one, very competent and brilliant in their own ways, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Well, not uh, the uh, the other name on there too. Uh, we talk about the NFL's Hall name team. Um, Equinemius St. Brown's actually had a very viable uh, start to his career too, especially for somebody who was drafted as late as he was in the sixth round. Let's real quick talk about the running back situation in Green Bay here. Uh, Jamal Williams is gone, so it's on Aaron Jones now. Um, I think this is a problem for Aaron Jones. Because I think having Williams to spell him last season actually did Aaron Jones a lot of favor in terms of Jones's durability. My concern for Jones is going to be how is it going to be for him as the feature back in this offense now? Eric? Now, see, if they didn't go ahead and have someone like A.J. Dillon behind him, yeah, I but would honestly be a little bit more worried, but... If you have him really be the focal point on first and second downs and spell him a bit more on third downs, he's going to be fine. See, he's not going to really set the world on fire, but he'll be fine. See, Kennedy, I worry about A.J. Dillon as a backup. Uh, coming off of a rookie season where uh, I didn't, I don't remember hearing much about him as a rookie last year. Uh, I don't either, but um... – I remember watching him play a little. Sorry, my ankle itches. I remember watching him play, and uh, I think he has a little a little fire under him, especially being with somebody in Green Bay. And now he can have someone like Aaron Jones helping and teaching. And I think um, he can bring it 
to support him and with the wides and even having Tunyon, I think that brings a lot of pressure off of the running backs anyways. So not I ju- think – oh, go ahead. Not just Tunyon, but Mercedes Lewis as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is enough support throwing that Adams can handle it and – or sorry, Jones can handle it and uh, Dylan's I don't think is going to be a terrible uh, set of hands to help him out. Eric is sad because Mercedes Lewis used to be a Jaguar. A Jaguar. Why? Why? Sometimes I just don't get it. Why? All right. So we have to pick up the pacing a little bit here. We are running a little bit longer than we anticipated for this show, so we will quickly go over the defense. Um, I think defense could be the downfall here. There are a couple of names that are good. Kenny Clark has had some really good seasons. Jair Alexander is one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL right now. However, if you look top to bottom at this Green Bay Packer defense, it is not a similar Green Bay Packer defense to what used to help carry this franchise back in the Favre era. No, and you really saw some key deficiencies during last year's postseason run. Exposed, and, exposed especially by Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. Exactly, and I don't see any real market improvements, so they're at risk of having that same blueprint be used against them in the regular season. Now, the offense will cover up some of those deficiencies, but if you're in a close game, you're going to be biting your nails. Okay, but at the same time, if you're in a close game here, I'm going to give the slight edge to the Packers because of the best kicker in football in Mason Crosby. Yeah. That, that, that's why they went for that field goal. Mm. Mason Crosby, right there. Mm-hmm. For our video watchers, you can see his name. For our <laughs> for our audio podcast listeners, sorry, not sorry. Okay, a little sorry. For audio podcast listeners, if you're on the go, or if you're at work, or if you're driving, perfectly acceptable. Otherwise, YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.com backslash W2M Network. I'm on the ball, kind of. All right, let's move over to Minnesota. Oh, 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 Minnesota. Um, And let's talk about 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins here, shall we? Because if there's anything last season proved, Eric, it's that when it is 1 o'clock, Cousins still shines. If it's not 1 o'clock, he does not. I'm, I'm telling you this right now. You're absolutely right. If you have a full 17-game schedule of nothing but 1 o'clock games, be prepared because you have got a dangerous team. But if it's a 4 o'clock, 425, or even, God forbid, a night game, even before he steps out on the field, he just does a shrinking violet that turns into a tiny little fuzzball, and by the fourth quarter, he'll just be curled up in a corner playing with yarn. I've said this ad infinitum on this show. (laughs) I'm impressed with the proper use of ad infinitum personally. Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Indubitably. (laughs) All right. Um, So we had a conversation about this, me and my nephew, who's starting to play football. He started seventh grade football this year. And we were talking about the best running backs in the NFL. And I said, as much as it pained me to say it, I think the best running back in the NFL right now is Derrick Henry. 
the second best running back in the NFL right now, in my opinion, is Dalvin Cook. Carried this franchise before his literally injury. before his injury. <laughs> literally, don't get me wrong. We have made it very clear on this show. Justin Jefferson got fucked last year in the Rookie of the Year voting. Sure did. Adam Thielen is probably the best wide receiver most NFL fans don't know his name. It is the rest of this godforsaken franchise that is an absolute mess. Irv Smith Jr. is not terrible. Huwaha maha? Irv Smith Jr.? Yeah. It's not terrible. Okay. Not to not to mention is an, another one of those solid, you know, more under the radar guys or under the radar, Chad Beebe. Well, I, I, we we personally have a soft spot for the Beebe family. That's exactly why I bring him up. <laughs> yeah, but in fairness, he's a backup, and on it, how the fuck is he listed above D.D. Westbrook? Good question. Chad BB listed. Question. Chad BB listed at number two right. DD Westbrook listed at number three left. Awkward. I have him as second on this one. DD Westbrook's which, right behind Adam Thielen. Which which website are you using, Kennedy? I'm on ESPN. Okay, so she's on the ESPN.com app. If you guys. Want to check that out? I want to quick take a quick moment to give a shout out to rlads.com. We're using their depth chart here on the screen on YouTube, as you guys can see. Obviously, Kennedy's not playing the home version with us. I can't see it. Well, that's because she's on a tablet, whereas me and Eric are both on our laptops. <laughs> Actually, but, aren't you on your phone? Yeah, you're back on your tablet now, right? Because yeah, my phone's overheating. Yeah. But no, they had, this one has Chad Beebe behind Jefferson and D.D. Westbrook behind Thielen. Okay, so it's uh, K.J. Osborne that ESPN has kicked out. I don't even have him on here. So you they're might... base, what they're basically doing is that don't think they're separating it into left side and right side wide receivers. Just overall. overall. Let's talk defense, Eric, because there are a couple of really good pieces on this defense. Now, is if they did update because there was... Yep, there he is. <laughs> uh, Everson Griffin? Yeah, the return of Everson Griffin coming home to Minnesota. Dun-dun-dun. Dramatic reverb. But let's look at the starter of that position there. Um, it's spelled like a girl's name, but that dude plays like a man in Daniil Hunter. Yeah, that... Kind of hearkening back to the old purple people eater days. That kind of fierceness out of that man. Strong ass starting linebacker in Anthony Barr. The other two, eh, well, maybe not so much. But good Lord, look at that secondary. Big Patrick, pickup with Peterson. Big Patrick, pickup. Patrick Peterson, the leader of the the uh Legion of Zoom in Arizona. 
it was uh, Peterson and Tyron Matthew. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep, the Honey Badger himself. Uh, Xavier Woods, better known to us wrestling fans as the member of New Day, now no longer a Dallas Cowboy, instead a Minnesota Viking. And Rashad Breland, who Robert Taylor's probably going to be pretty pissed about losing from uh, Kansas City. He really wasn't, which is kind of scary. And then Harrison Smith is a nine-year veteran in the NFL, so obviously competent at the very least, if not fully capable. Thus bringing us to a wrap on the NFC North. It is prediction time, Kennedy. Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit. Eric? Real just quick, to, just to be slightly different, real Green quick, Bay, go real ahead. quick before you do that, because I'm just going to say real quick for mine verbatim what Kennedy just said. Yeah. And this is why I say I'm going to be slightly different. Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago. I would, if anything, I would switch Chicago and Minnesota, depending on how good Dalton and or Fields plays. Yeah. But I don't think there's any question the Lions are the worst team in this division this year. As much as I like Goff as a quarterback, as much as I respected his abilities as a quarterback, especially back when he was at Cal, maybe earlier in his career with the Rams, and I do think that there's still potential with Goff now that he's gotten out of the Los Angeles market as well, which I do think had a lot to do with his downfall after the Super Bowl mm -hmm. in, in that super radio-heavy market, radio-television-centric market, where there were people oh, yeah. constantly taking shots at you, similar to playing in New York. But... I don't see it yet for Detroit. I think Goff can grow into the role as the Lions' starting quarterback, but I don't think there's any way that the Lions escape the basement this year. Never trust a dumpster fire, never trust a tire fire. We move to the south. I do like the little graphic switch. It is, it, and I appreciate how like he, it. I like <laughs> how he faded right into it, too. Yeah, all I have to do... Just one click of the button, what bam. <laughs> Eric's on the ball today. Much more like, so than, much more so than us. Another reason why I promised sobriety. I knew I had to have my head in the game with this. We have lost Kennedy, however, albeit briefly. I'm sure she'll be back shortly. Yep, technical difficulties and whatnot. Alright, I it is still the Maddie Ice show in Atlanta, Eric. Unfortunately, what it is not in Atlanta anymore is the Julio Jones show. And even more so the Matty Ice show after what happened with A.J. McCarron. Ouch. Flat out ouch. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen the McCarron injury. I'm guessing I don't want to. Well, I mean, it's not like it's terrible visually, but it's just... Yeah. ACL. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are never fun. Mm -mm. I did that before. Not great. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> guess who they brought in? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm looking at the depth chart. Holy crap. Felipe Frank's got a job. Not just him. Oh, wow. Oh, holy shit. I didn't even recognize that. Uh-huh. The Rosen one is a dirty bird. The Rosen one. 
<laughs> are, are you saying he has a Rosen once again? <laughs> well, I mean, he was in <laughs> Phoenix, so. <laughs> All right, so I think the reason they let I think the reason they let Julio go is because Calvin Ridley is a legitimate number one wide receiver now. And I don't deny that. But the problem is, is I think the thing that made Calvin Ridley a legitimate number one wide receiver is the fact that he got to line up opposite Julio fucking Jones. Um, Calvin Ridley with uh, Russell Gage lining up opposite him is going to get double and or triple teamed most of the time. If he's lucky, it's only going to be doubles. Yeah, you beat me to the punch with that one. And looking back through the rest of the looking back through the rest of the wide receiver core that we can see over here on your screen on YouTube or as Kennedy's looking at it on the ESPN app there. It's Calvin Ridley and not a whole lot else, if we're being honest. Tajay Sharp had moments with Green Bay, but he's listed as uh three 3B on ours. So probably fifth or sixth on the ESPN one. He's wait, which one again? You said sharp, Taze sharp. He's second on here behind Gage. Oh, so apparently they know something that our lads don't, <laughs> or the other way around, or yeah, our lads know because the most recent <laughs> update for the our lads one was earlier today at 11 45 a.m. This was. I don't know. It doesn't say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <I> don't say. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to it here. Uh, starting running back. He's a wide receiver. What is he doing there? Okay. Not Mike Davis. who's moving over from Carolina. Now that hopefully Christian McCaffrey's healthy. We'll talk about run CMC next. CMC. Uh, isn't Patterson a wide receiver, Eric? Or he wasn't, was. Or he wasn't was. he a wide receiver? Yeah. Yes, wide receiver, but with all the speed he displayed on special teams, as he got more into his career, Minnesota and in Chicago as well, they gave him more and more time in the backfield. Kennedy, your thoughts on Patterson as the secondary running back behind Mike Davis in Atlanta? Well, actually, on this, I have my homeboy who I went to high school with. Got to give him love. Um, Olsen's second off here. So I'm just going to speak on him then because it's his year. It's his time to shine. Yeah, Kadri Olison, who they have him because on our lads, they have two sets of running backs. They have him right behind Mike Davis. And they have Dante Foreman behind Patterson. To me, oh, that's reasonable. Because, again, while Patterson can have a few plays in the backfield, if you're not going to have him as wide receiver, back to what we said earlier, you would benefit with him much more on special teams. And I believe Patterson is listed as the punt and kick returner for the Falcons, I would imagine, in any way. Definitely Kick listed returner, as returner, not punt returner. Hey. But I have a feeling that'll change. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, let's go back up to the tight end position here and let's talk about the first round draft pick and the number four overall pick in the draft. The man who I said will be the biggest star in this year's draft. 
And I will admit I am biased as fuck. Kyle Pitts is going to be a superstar in the NFL. That dude is a man playing amongst boys last year. And he'll be a man playing amongst the men this year in the NFL. Now, my quick question to you, because we know Atlanta isn't always going to use two tight end sets. So for one tight end formations, how quickly do you see Pitts being featured in that position ahead of Hayden Hurst? Uh, I see Pitts lining up as a wide receiver in one tight end positions because he has the athletic build to be able to do so. You know, seeing him in Florida, that does check out. <laughs> that does I mean, check out. That dude, that dude is built like a grown ass man, but still has wide receiver speed despite being built like said mentioned grown ass man. He's built like he's going to get me a lot of fantasy points this year, among other things. Uh, I don't think there's any question that Pitts is eventually the starting tight end in Atlanta despite the run that Hayden Hurst has had as the tight end for the Falcons. I, 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 Kyle Pitts is a generational kind of talent. Like there's no way for me to put that other than what I just said. And I will openly admit to having a very strong Florida Gator bias here. But as somebody who watched every single game the Gators have played with Kyle Pitts as their tight end, know this. This is a generational athlete. This is a man who I've seen do things that no tight end should have been able to do and embarrass safeties and cornerbacks in terms of speed, out-hit linebackers, knock grown-ass defensive linemen on their ass in pass protection. Man amongst boys in college. It's the highest praise I can give him. I just... I just think it's sad that uh, the best player on the Falcons is their kicker. You, get, you gotta praise you. How dare you disrespect the good goddamn name of Matty Ice? Oh, Lord. I still like Matt Ryan. He's all right. I mean, he's still got some of those Matty Ice moments. All right, we move forward. Let's move over to the defense, Eric. All right. Oh, uh, not going to spend a ton of time on defense in the NFC South because, well, they don't play a there's, lot of it. There's nothing to spend time on. And uh, specifically on this Falcons team, AJ Terrell has had flashes as a rookie. But good God. Jonathan Bullard, kind of, sort of, with Seattle. Eric, you're more of a defensive guy than I. Is there anybody here that is an offensive coordinator you're especially worried about? <coughs> I mean, if I were to maybe game plan against someone, maybe Copeland, but realistically, no. No. I mean, Grady Jarrett was listed in the top 100 players in the NFL, was he not? He was, and I mean, yeah, he's got all all this kind of experience going into, I believe, what, his seventh year? Sixth. Uh, sixth year. I, I don't know. I'm just I, – I, I'm really not seeing anybody. It's like, okay, 
maybe for one or two plays a game. But if I'm really an offensive coordinator and I've got to stay up at night saying, all right, who the fuck do I have to target and make sure he doesn't get to my guys? It's nobody. Kennedy, like, I right. have a Kennedy, I have a quick question. Is the reason you put over the kicker because he's a young hoe? Yes. <laughs> I suspected as much. Don't you hate on him? That is an amazing young man. Carolina, Eric. <laughs> Coming right up. Yeah, I, I, I've dealt with enough uh, Asian stuff in my household lately. We're, yeah, we're, we're just going to let that one go. Just going to let that one go. And if I'm letting something go, that should tell you something. All right, so Sam Darno is now a Carolina Panther. Yo, when did uh, I miss that? When did that happen? Did that just uh, roll over my... Earlier this offseason, I was actually going to start with you here, Kennedy. He was traded to the Panthers by the Jets. Um, uh, playing for I... the Jets, obviously, Darno was never going to be successful. Sorry, not no. sorry, Isabel. Uh Looking at the talent around him here, Robbie Anderson may be the best wide receiver nobody's heard of. Agreed. Uh, mm -hmm. DJ Moore starting to come into his own as a wide receiver. A healthy, hopefully, Christian McCaffrey who might be the best player in the NFL when he's healthy. Ouch. Darno has potential to actually have a decent team around him here, does he not? He does. I love Robbie Anderson. I think he can pop off this year. Something about getting away from the Jets, Eric. I mean, change of scenery. Again, you're not in that dumpster fire, although I do kind of feel bad for P.J. Walker, XFL MVP. No doubt about that. But, hey, now he's getting someone else to learn from, and who knows? I know Darnold's going to be the guy, and he could eventually have a great season, but the fact that P.J. Walker's there and is still showing his talent, that's only going to help Sam get better. Uh, I'm kind of curious as to the third-string quarterback for the, for the Panthers here. Former Florida Gator Will Greer. Nice of him to get off the gas long enough to land with an NFL franchise. Didn't he also play for West Virginia? Or am he, I wrong? He did after he got kicked out of Florida for being on steroids. Thought so. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is the best of them. Uh, Dan Arnold at tight end, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals. I got to be honest, looking at the skill positions here, tight end is probably the most lacking in Carolina. But that's not to say anything bad about Arnold because Arnold's actually serviceable. It's just there's some really good skill players in this lineup between Run CMC, DJ, and Robbie Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> I think mainly their tight ends. You're going to see them featuring more in blocking because especially you've got CMC who, as we've said, healthy, another generational talent out of the backfield. And even though he's third string for now, I think that changes – Truba Hubbard out of uh, Oklahoma State, you could have a potential for a very good pairing out there. Something tells me Chuba Hubbard's listed a second on ES ESPN. Sure is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I looked at the name Reggie Bonif Bonifon, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? 
<laughs> we yeah, haven't had to say that phrase in a while. All right, let's move over to the defense. There's <laughs> Hassan Riddick, Shaq Thompson. Okay, Shaq Thompson's actually really fucking good. Hassan Riddick has had moments and opportunities and advantages, but Riddick has also been one of those guys that he disappears for games at a time too. Eric, why are you looking at me stupid? No, I'm not looking at you stupid. I am just looking and thinking of the fact he ate her gross matos. Inglés, por favor? <laughs> huh? Who's gross matos? Oh, there he is. He's listed as a backup? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a person? Oh. Yes, Yator. Look, I know I have a way of speaking random foreign languages on podcasts before, but... Okay, granted, I don't always tell people what I'm going to do it, but I don't do that here. <laughs> As a person. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that person a Penn State Nittany Lion? I think he was. Here, yes, let me know. Yes, Kennedy, that is a person. Remember, yes, I can words. <laughs> it sounded That's like one word. To be fair, it did kind of come off like one word. To be fair, she's done a decent job wordsing so far tonight. She really I has. fucked up once because so, I was trying to read. All right. Um, yeah. We talked about the, the – I, I don't think this is as big of a detriment as maybe it would be in other divisions, though, because this isn't a defensively strong division overall. I mean, yeah, you're starting Tampa Bay, which we're going to get to next. Nope, no, we're not. New Orleans is alphabetically before Tampa Bay, sir, but thank you for trying. Well, it was worth a shot. I'll save that quote for later. But, I mean, yeah, this is one where we're talking about for all the divisions where defense are bad. This is another one where it's like, hey, it's good. Now, granted, are they even the best in the division? No. But can they really hang and make themselves competitive? Absolutely. All right. Before we go any further, because this will officially wrap up the discussion about the Carolina Panthers, I do want to apologize to our audio and video listeners here. Obviously, this show is going to run a little bit long, as you guys can tell by the fact that we are still got six teams left to cover. However... We are trying to be much more in-depth in terms of our coverage this year, at least for our preseason, because you guys know what to expect during our regular season. And our regular season episodes should max out at around an hour and 40 minutes, right around the time frame we are now. However, if you would like to bitch about the length of this particular episode, you can do so by sending your hate mail to Sean Garmer at s.garmer at gmail.com. And do you know the best way to do that, Eric? If you're going to send that hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com, but you want to get it across about the length of our show, do yourself a favor and use Grammarly. You will get the tone right. You will get your sentence clarity just right so he can really feel the anger coming through the monitor. Not to mention, yes, you get the basics like spell check. Yes, you have it as an app, a widget, right in Chrome. Or you could use a standalone software. Now, granted, not everybody is going to send that hate mail. You're going to send other emails, resumes, papers, everything. Grammarly will help with that, too. Now, while you have all these other features, if you want to get even better features, 
we have another deal for you. Get Grammarly.com slash W2M Network. You will get all kinds of access to stuff and even deeper, more thorough corrections and suggestions. Again, get Grammarly.com slash W2M Network. You are welcome. Uh, I don't know if she can hear me, but go do what you need to do. We got this. We'll handle this. We'll handle the Saints. Uh, you're muted, Kennedy. I'm gonna get a snack. All right. Well, you go do what you need to do. Me and Eric will handle the Saints. Eric, mm -hmm. take us too wide so Kennedy can go do what she needs to do. <laughs> and take us to the Saints depth chart. All because right. Let me pull that. Up. The very first thing that you'll notice as Eric pulls up the depth chart is Jameis Winston listed as the starter. Holy shit, Taysom Hill's listed as the starter. Aha! <laughs> Regardless, the name that you will notice not listed as the starter there is Drew Brees as the Brees era has come to an end in New Orleans. I mean, this is automatically a worse team because of that, is it not, Eric? I mean, do you know... Who was the last starting quarterback before Drew Brees in New Orleans? I don't. Do you remember the name Aaron Brooks? Didn't he go to an HBCU? Yes. And he also wore the number two, just like Jameis Winston is doing right now. Yeah, but Winston went to Florida State, so fuck him. Well, agreed. But, I mean, this is my point. You're going into that territory 2005. Yes. Yeah. After oh. the Dol after the Dolphins fucked up and didn't pull the trigger on Breeze, the Saints got him. Well, yeah, because, again, the Dolphins doctor looked at the shoulder, failed the physical. I'm mm -hmm. sure Nick Saban probably punched somebody. But Repeatedly. <laughs> you know what Nick Saban did? Nick Saban treated those staff members in private like Dan Campbell treats his team in public. Thank you. Took him into his office, had some words, hopefully some firings. All was well and good. But we're getting into that level of territory because even though, yes, Jameis did have a LASIK surgery. Yes, he is looking better. And fuck Marquez Callaway. I'm not bitter. But my point is, at the end of the day, at the heart of it, he's still 30 for 30. Will he improve? Yes, but is he going to get anywhere near Drew Brees' level? No. And the fact that he's not even being listed as the starter, the fact that Taysom Hill is still in that open competition, tells you what you need to know. I will go ahead and put this out there. And this might be your quote for the podcast. Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston combined aren't the quarterback that Drew Brees was. He ain't lying. <laughs> it do be facts, though. Let's talk about the positives in New Orleans, though. Let's talk about the fact that Michael Thomas is... Oh, wait. Michael Thomas wants out. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Why is Michael Thomas listed on the pup list? I saw that he did have some sort of injury going on. Do me, I forget do, exactly what it was. Do me a favor and secondary window that and see what you can find out for me. Oh, I'm on it right now. All right, while he does that, we'll talk about the starting running back because, again, we go back to the conversation that me and my nephew had 
where I said that I think that Dalvin Cook was the second best running back in the NFL. His opinion is the second best running back in the NFL is Alvin Kamara. Kamara, Kamara, Getsunheit, Tomato, Tomato, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, with something like that, again, we talked about with the dynamics that we saw in Carolina from Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara is right there with him, right there with him. So, and not to mention, look at Kamara's backup there, too, in Latavius Murray, who had a impressive run with the Vikings before the Dalvin Cook came into there. And Murray also had a pretty good run with the Raiders as well, did he not? He did. He did. Uh, let me just stop that right there. <laughs> yeah, I was pulling it up, and the fact that with Michael Thomas, set to miss the start of the season because of an ankle injury. All right, go ahead and bring Kennedy back into the discussion so she can t join us for our conversation. She wants back in. And we're now gonna that she is somewhat snackified. I was going to say he was out due to an ankle injury, but nobody would let me back in. Well, uh, you were the one who was sitting there, and, and we didn't get anything. Are you eating ice oh, cream? Oh, wait, there it is. Never mind. Whoops. <laughs> are you eating ice cream? I'm eating fried chicken and hot sauce. Uh. What time is it there? Oh, wait. It's like, okay. it's like 9 o'clock. It's, okay. it's 9 o'clock. I didn't eat after I put Leo down. Yeah, Please tell me that it's Frank's Red Hot. Yes. First off, yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, ew, but okay. I don't do hot sauce. Period. Roll your eyes at me. So you don't eat buffalo wings? No. Oh, good Lord. No, no, no I, I've got to give him a bit of a pass because he's mentioned stuff like this before. But for the rest of us, you cannot go wrong with Frank's Red Hot Original or Buffalo. I have both at my disposal. All right. So I don't know if Kennedy knows. Uh, I had angioplasty on my throat. Oh. They put a balloon down my throat and reinflated my esophagus due to acid reflux. Something Therefore, tells me that you can't eat. Hot something sauce. tells me that hot sauce would not go well with that. No, they didn't mix. That's why I was like, "Yeah, that's understandable." So before you shoot me such a condescending look, Madame, at least she's not dunking it in fucking ranch. That's yeah. That's the look that I give people that dunk their chicken in ranch, blue cheese but or nothing. But but it, it's good though. And not only did you see that now they have the mixture of like a Eric, buffalo and ranch sauce in the stores. I Eric, get that. Re respect respectfully. Why are you dunking your chicken in a condiment that looks like semen? Y'all, it is. Let's get. Let's. let's uh, am I bringing it back right now? <laughs> Bring it back. Mom's got a bedtime. Did, did she okay. just? Okay. If wait, Kennedy's wait. got to be the voice of reason, <laughs> you know we've gone off the rails. You I was about yourself. I, I believe Kennedy just family showed me. <laughs> just, just, just about. Yeah. yeah I mean, all right. So uh, while you're snacking your chicken, real quick, I have a buy or sell for you that is uh, that is very simple. Buy or sell. Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston combined will have lower stats than Breeze did last year. 
sell. Is that right? You, you think they'll be better? Together. Yes. Yes. Did you see what Taysom Hill did last year? Did you see the fact that the teams couldn't really prepare for Taysom Hill because of Drew Brees? And now they can focus on him? Did did you see what he did while Brees was out? I and mean, he, okay. He did go 5-0. and oh. What was that? One more time. I'm Do not, not sit here and try to shit on Taysom Hill because I will not have it. To be fair, Kennedy also probably started Taysom Hill at tight end in her fantasy leagues. No, I started him as my quarterback. Thank you very much. Because I not had, to uh, mention, didn't they also have God. a good run with both Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater as backups during a Breeze's injury? Well, Teddy Bridgewater is actually a competent quarterback. I don't know that I can say the same about Jameis Winston. I don't. He's not not. Mm-hmm. That's a double negative, ma'am. We can't allow that. Anyways. Uh, okay, so if Michael Thomas is I'm echoing really bad on somebody. Not on my end. Might need to be turned down a little bit. Can you turn my mic down a little bit, Eric? Well, I can't turn it down. I can only just mute it. Okay. All right. And my guys. Am, that's, and, uh, little, that's better. I lean a little bit. No, it's gone now. I'm good. All right, um, with Michael Thomas out with the injury there, there's nothing in this wide receiver core that looks especially scary. Marquez Callaway. Chris Hogan's a former New England Patriot, but he's listed all the way down at, like, seventh. Wait, Hogan? Was he also the guy that, after he left the Patriots, was going to try the cross? I... He's listed third behind Deontay Harris. Okay, so obviously our lists are very, very different. We'll have to send you the link. It's well, a matter. I'll be, I'll be damned. He gave up on lacrosse that fast. Well, I mean, in fairness, I'm willing to bet that even a backup NFL position pays more than Major League Lacrosse does. I don't know. I mean, given the state of Premier League Lacrosse right now and the fact that they merged with Major League Lacrosse, uh, they're beyond that fledgling league. And, I mean, he was with former MLL-turned-PLL club in Cannons, LC. Did you understand a damn word he just said, Kennedy? No, I'm just sitting here snacking because you started talking about lacrosse and I didn't care. So. Look, if, if lacrosse is good enough for Bill Belichick, then damn it, it's good fuck enough for Bill Belichick. Oh, Johns the Hopkins. <laughs> Defense, please. Fastest sport on two legs. That's all I'm saying. Track. I'm sorry. Have you those lacrosse players? They can hold their own with track stars. Back to the defensive side of the ball for New Orleans, if we don't mind. Um. All right. So. Malcolm Jenkins, the super or, or the I was that was Malcolm Butler. I almost had the wrong Malcolm. But he is in the middle. He's a Malcolm in the middle of that secondary. <laughs> Go home. Is unfair. 
No, we're done tonight. We're not finishing. Yes, I, no. Yes, no. Maybe I don't know. God, we're gonna get copyright striked just for that. You know that, right, Eric? <laughs> Look, I left it at just that within that magic three second limit. I I should be fine. I just said a couple of random words together. Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um. I think the defense is going to have to carry the Saints team this year. Am I wrong, Kennedy? Uh, so is uh, Tom out, out, like forever out? Is who out, out, forever out? Thomas? Thomas. Well, Thomas wants out, out of New Orleans well, in general. No, yes, but I mean, he has – it says he's out for his ankle injury. Is that forever? No, well, no, he's on, he's on the pup list. They want to try to get him back. I want to say pup list is minimum four games. Either four yeah. or six. Well, this says out. If he comes back um, and he plays, I think that offense can give a little bit more than they're going to without him. But um, like you're saying, I think defense is probably going to have to carry most of the weight. Like, we'll give some respect to, to Hill. Hill's actually proven to be competent when the situation has arisen. But I don't think that Hill and Winston are the threat that Breeze was at the quarterback position. So I don't think defenses are going to be as scared of the Saints offense. I think Kamara Hill can be. This, we're just going to have to agree to disagree because I think Hill can be. Kamara is a game changer. I think we can all agree on that. But the thing is, is can can Hill and or Winston be enough of a quarterback to make the defensive secondaries have to worry about the Saints offense? You say yes. I'm not sold on it. I'm not entirely sold because in shorter term situations, when Taysom is more of a Swiss Army knife, yes, he's fantastic. But seeing him in the preseason, looking at it under constant pressure, having to move around a bit, yes, you could say that he's more behind a different offensive line. That's fine. But I'm not there yet with him. I'm not saying that he can't be at all, but at this moment, Winston, even just by himself, is a little bit better. I will say this much. I think that despite losing Breeze, the Saints are still probably the second best team in this division. That being said, that gap for second place between them, Atlanta, and Carolina is significantly smaller than it used to be. Despite the fact that Breeze was damn near 50. I'm kidding. He's actually closer to like 42, but <laughs> he looked 50. No, but seriously, despite the fact that Breeze was 42 in his early 40s, he was still putting up numbers and still had the kind of mind and arm that defenses respected. I, even as that arm was diminishing, even towards the end of last season, it was still fearful. The mind was still there. Absolutely. The, abil the ability to control the game was still there for Breeze. Yeah. The question is, is will defenses be as afraid of Hill and Winston? And will I they pay? They can, be. can they be? Yes. Will they be to start? I don't think so. So I think it's going to be up to Hill and Winston to be able to break those defenses. And we'll talk more about that as the season progresses, because obviously this will be a topic that we will come back to during the course of the season. Probably when I've got a question. As you can see below. <laughs> but for now, we go back to the... Well done, Eric. 
<laughs> so now we go back to the NFC South and we talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And frankly, out of sheer pissed offness, I am boycotting this franchise. This is that bad, huh? All right, Fuck so Tom Brady. All right, so obviously where Brady goes, the Buccaneers go because Blaine Gabbert isn't a threat. If Brady can continue at the pace he's been playing at since with the run in New England and now with Tampa Bay, then obviously the Buccaneers are the favorites in the NFC South and maybe the favorites in the entirety of the NFC. Eric's Super Bowl betting will tell you the same. Oh, I am neither going to confirm nor deny. I have multiple parlays involving the Bucs either getting two or winning the Super Bowl. Some of them, you can't resist some good cross-sport parlays that are paying out 30, 40 to 1. I'm going to go ahead and just run this down real quick because I don't feel the need to go into specifics with this team. If you're a football fan, you know this entire roster. Yeah, they because brought the it, band all back together. It is literally top to bottom of who's who at respective positions. Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Goodwin, Ronald Jones, Godwin Leonard, Leonard Fournette, O.J. Howard, Bighton, Rob Gronkowski making his return from being the NFL, from being a WWE <clears throat> superstar once again. And then look at the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, because we might as well just lump this all together because it's one of those things that it, it doesn't matter which side of the ball you're talking about because there's superstars everywhere you look on this team. It's it's the it's the definition of a super team, Eric. I, I got to agree. I mean, look, for all the talks that everybody was saying, oh, it's sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and bunny rabbits and all this in the field and everything with Tampa Bay re-signing everybody, are they entirely wrong? No. I mean, we know from a business side of the NFL, it's the nature of the beast. With the salary cap, demands, free agency, usually people have got to go. <coughs> you have a team that's able to literally bring back their entire starting 22 and say, hey, let's run it back. Until they get beat, they're the favorites. I'm, me, me and Kennedy's faces basically sum up our opinion on that statement. He's not wrong. We just don't like it. No, I'm not saying I like it either. But as a wise man has said repeatedly, it do be facts, though. Mm. NFC Cardinals. South prediction. NFC South oh, prediction. I about that part. <laughs> Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta. Eric? I got to go with you. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Carolina. Sorry, Maddie Ice, but I ain't seeing it from you. <laughs> Kennedy? Uh, Saints, Tampa, Carolina, Atlanta. When you have someone who is pissed off to the highest level of pissivity, she will take her vengeance out in her predictions. Keep that in mind. <laughs> just, rem just remember that prediction when we do our picks next week. Hey, I'm not, so, not saying I'm right, but I'm going with it. She's not saying she's right. She's saying she's mad. Long live <laughs> Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> 
fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, as a Bills fan, I have to agree with the second part of that statement. I disagree with the first. Regardless, well, one of us are wrong here, and it's okay that it's not me. So we move over to the NFC West, and we have to pick up the pace a little bit because we are at the two-hour mark. Alrighty. Yeah, that's why we're doing that. That's why we're only doing the one show now, and we're moving the predictions into the college episode that we'll discuss next week. All right, Cardinals. Yeah. Fuck Kyler Murray. Fuck Kyler Murray. Fuck DeAndre Hopkins. And now. Give it a goal, uh, old, uh, isn't J.J. Watt there now? Yes, and A.J. Yeah, Green. Yeah, fuck him, too. Yeah, fuck all that. Fuck them. Well, we don't have to play them this year, so it's okay. Don't care. Hail Murray, full of grace. The touchdown. Hail Murray. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, Wasn't Eric. it our foul football in the hey, guard Eric. of Greens to DeAndre Hopkins? Eric, fun <laughs> fact. Fun fact. After that Hail Murray game, we won more games than you did all season. And? Oof. And? That? You know what? We were doing just fine. I really wasn't going to go there. Damn it, do you got to cut deep? Do you got to? Bring up that Hail Murray bullshit. We have a problem. Stop saying it, man. All right. Uh, to, the, to the Arizona Cardinal depth chart, please, sir. Hmm. Down a little bit. From, there you go. I mean, scary set of wide receivers in A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, and Christian Kirk. And a very underrated backup in Andy Isabella. As well as, in my opinion, the steal of the draft getting Rondale Moore in the second round. The running backs, um, yeah, Chase Edmonds isn't going to stay the starter with James Conner there now, in my opinion. Not at all. Not at all. Because Connor's a much better fit for Murray. I mean, it, it, with these moves, especially offensively, Cliff Kingsbury, everybody got together. This is a classic definition of getting your quarterback help. I like this. Yeah. I'm, here's my big thing for Arizona's offense this year. We know what DeAndre Hopkins is capable of. We've seen Christian Kirk hold his own. I, I agree. It pissed me off, too. Don't feel bad, Ken. However, I have been on the A.J. Green bandwagon for years, and A.J. Green has tremendously disappointed me for years. <laughs> Does A.J. Green still have anything left is going to be the question in Arizona this year. He's got a legitimate number one wide receiver next to him in Hopkins, so he's not going to be the defensive focal point. He's got a running game-ish with Connor and Edmonds. There is no discernible tight end to speak of with Max Williams as the starter because respectfully, who the fuck is Max Williams? And he's questionable right now too anyway, so. The question... Eric has to step away for a second. You guys heard Mama Watkins on the call. He'll be right back. Go ahead. We got you. Uh... Let's look over at the defense real quick here, Kennedy, because obviously with Eric stepping away, we're going to need to fill some time here. Zayvon mm -hmm. Collins is their first-round draft pick out of Tulane. I actually really like him. I think he has potential. There are Obviously, the J.J. Watt pickup is huge for them. Malcolm Butler as well, the aforementioned Malcolm Butler, the Super Bowl hero for New England a couple of years back mm -hmm. against Seattle. It is almost a 
a, a rebuilt defense in addition to a up a significantly upgraded offense here. Yeah. The issue that I find for Arizona, and Eric will be able to comment on this when he gets back here, is Arizona might play in the toughest division in football. Uh, mm. No. I, mm, eh. mm. A healthy San Francisco would make this the toughest division in football. Well, a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo with San Francisco would make this the toughest division. The in only football. reason I say it's the toughest division in football is because I think Cincinnati's going to be garbage this year, despite the fact that they did get some help for Joe Burrow. Just the wrong help. I don't know. I think the AFC West. I think between that and the AFC West. See, I don't think the AFC West is going to be good. Okay. Outside, outside of Kansas City. I was going to say, you take Kansas City out of the AFC West, what do you have? A whole lot of fucking nothing. Exactly. With the NFC West, yes, you have Seattle. Compared to. Well, but you have Seattle, albeit in a still bit of a weakened state. They're still a team to watch out for. We just talked about San Francisco. You've got the Rams. You were mentioning with them building the win now. Yeah, Arizona. You're not just building to win. You're building to try to keep pace. That's going to be tough in of itself. I'm just saying, with everything that's around them in terms of Seattle's history and the fact that Russell Wilson's going to be on a revenge tour of his own this year. No, I don't think he's... I don't see it coming out of him. I just... Hey, Hey, Mr. Unlimited has entered the chat. Not to mention Wilson after the way that he played to start the season and then how he tapered off last year. I think Wilson's got something to prove this year. Doesn't mean he's going to do it. Well, that's fair, but we'll see what happens. San Francisco becomes a threat with Jimmy Garoppolo healthy and everybody back because let's be honest, those two weeks in New York fucked San Francisco's season. Playing the Jets and the Giants on the MetLife Stadium back-to-back like they did and suffering the litany of injuries that they suffered. And, yes, I just used litany correctly in a sentence. I'm proud of myself. The 49ers' entire campaign fell apart by week two, three. Regardless, they were done. The Rams are probably the down spot in this division, if we're being honest. But to be fair, the Rams are not a bad team. And if healthy, Stafford is a weapon still. Not as long of a weapon of a career left as Goff. And that's why I said I would choose Goff in that situation. But in the immediate interim, I would take Stafford. If I'm I trying think to. It depends on chemistry. And I will agree with that too. But if I had if you had to give me one for this season, I would take Stafford. Because I think Stafford's going to have the better team around him than Goff is. Yes, I agree with that. That's why I say they won out because the Rams were like, hey, we got to win right now. We're in a position to win right now. Whereas whereas Detroit is in a division where they know they're not going to compete with Green Bay and Minnesota, so they're building for the future once Rodgers leaves and whatever happens with Minnesota happens with regards to Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. Back to the NFC West, though, which is where this started here. Uh, Eric, this is a, this is an Arizona franchise that is building up to avenge last year's missing of the playoffs when they collapsed in week 15 and 16 to maybe winning the division and possibly being a force to be reckoned with in the postseason. Yes. 
Agreed, because with something like that, how they were set up, granted, would they been, you know, NFC Championship or your contenders? No, but that first week, even in the divisional round, they were going to be a tough out. So I think with that on their minds, they went ahead and they did what they had to do. It's uh, still going to be tough. Our lads, LAR, Eric. Uh, The the aforementioned Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. Did you have all of these? uh, Did you have all of these windows open in the background and just had to click on them as necessary? Uh, Just changing the abbreviations and having the tab open. That's what I did. That's what I was doing on my phone anyways. It was much easier for me that way too. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially if you know the abbreviations, like like we talked about off air last week with the JAX for Jacksonville instead of JAC. We lost Kennedy again because she doesn't care. <laughs> well, she had to refuel on the snack. Simple as that. <laughs> All right. So let's look at the Rams offense here. And I have to say, it's actually kind of impressive looking, although I do disagree with one of the listings here. In a three-wide receiver set, you're telling me you're going to start Van Jefferson over Deshaun Jackson? I don't see that at all. It's because that's wrong. Yeah, I don't really understand that. But, I mean, the only reason why I would even see that for right now, more familiarity with the system. And, again, if Sean McVay is still married, which for the most part he is, to that 11 personnel, you will want to have that as far as your Y routes. Now, there's still one more preseason game left. I think Deshaun Jackson easily takes over. But as we're seeing in this freeze frame, I can get it. Uh, I am a Florida Gator fan. And I saw Van Jefferson play in college. And even I'm sitting Van Jefferson for Deshaun Jackson. Because if Deshaun Jackson is a shell of the player he used to be, he's still better than Van Jefferson at this point in Jefferson's career. All due respect to Mr. Jefferson. Go Gators. And and again, I get it. I'm just saying, as Deshaun knows more and gets in more timing, as we say chemistry and in sync with that playbook, he'll go right on in. No doubts. I think it's safe to say Tyler Higby's the best tight end in this division. We will give credit to our former co-host, who actually did call that in advance. Mr. Teasley was 100% correct about how good Higby would be. Uh, Moving over to the defensive side of the ball. Begins and ends with Aaron Donald, doesn't it? Where Donald goes, this defense goes. I mean, where's 99? 99 club on Madden. I say no more. I will say this much. The Rams' defense may have 99 problems, but Donald ain't one. That was a contemporary reference. I'm proud of that. Don't look at me like that, Kennedy. I'm just done with you tonight. (laughs) It's late. I'm tired. I'm making horrible puns. We've been on this show for two hours and 18 minutes. And I'll just center everybody by saying one more time, fuck Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, fuck Jalen Ramsey. Oh, no. You know what? Actually, double fuck Jalen Ramsey. Eric doesn't like him because he used to be a Jaguar. I don't like him because that motherfucker shit talked Josh Allen. And guess what, Jalen? 
258 million dollars. Suck my dick. Who got the Brinks truck now, you fucker? Yeah. How? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, SCA, please. Coming right up. I like Blake. Eric's like humming tonight. It's, it's soothing when we're well, again. Now you're getting into my peak hours. This suits me. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I need more snacks. Okay, so there is actually somebody on this offense that I do want to talk about, and it's somebody that I'm very disappointed in. Lock it, Chris Carson. All right. Oh, I like Carson. He did good for you know me last year. You know why I'm disappointed in Chris Carson? Because Chris Carson was almost a Buffalo Bill this offseason. Ooh, that would have been nice. And decided to re-sign with Seattle instead. That dirty bastard. Look, I actually got to feel bad for that too because, I mean, looking further down that depth chart, Carson out of the way. I mean, me being a homer myself, you, you know, or, Slide right on in. More touches. Yeah. He's referring to Travis Homer, who went to Miami, I Florida. I, like, I know who he's talking about. Yeah, but did you know why he was talking about Travis Homer? I don't question anything Eric says. I just say okay. Okay. I, well, I knew what you meant, Eric, so there you Thank go. you. But again, we've discussed this. What Kennedy just said is a common reaction when I words... This is why I don't always. That's fair. Let's let's keep the words into a minimum. All right. Actually, that's a pretty impressive looking backfield that Seattle has. They it, the Carson really should have left. He would have been beloved in Buffalo because I yeah. guarantee you, I guarantee you, Zach Moss and and Devin Singletary. Yeah, Carson would have been the day one starter. Yeah. I got high hopes for Moss though, but we already went over that. Yeah, we did that in the AFC preview, which is available in the archives and on YouTube at youtube.com backslash W2M Network. Um, man, there are some potent wide receiver combinations in the NFC, Eric. And Metcalf and Lockett might be, geez, and I feel like I've said that before already, but Metcalf and Lockett's a scary one, too, if you're an opposing secondary, no? Absolutely, and especially Metcalf just by himself. And the fact that Metcalf is going to be even more dangerous because he's going to be hungrier this season after how last season ended. I also have a I also have a personal soft spot for Freddie Swain. He is a former Florida Gator as well. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball. Oh wait, real real quick. Uh, shout out to Will Disley who actually did win me a couple of fantasy games last year himself. Also, another last shout-out, not just Travis Homer, but DJ Dallas as well. Yeah, DJ Dallas is going to end up on the practice squad, buddy. Another reason why Carson should have left. Defense. This is not the Seattle defense of old. Yes, Bobby Wagner is still there, but Bobby Wagner is probably going to be about one of the few names that you recognize. Jamal yeah. Adams, Jamal Adams might be one of the best safeties in the NFL still. I won't deny that. And again, escaping the dumpster fire that was the Jets. However, looking up and down the rest of this defense here, besides Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, 
there's not a whole lot there unless Trey Flowers can find the Trey Flowers of old. I mean, but even if that's the case, we've all seen the days of the Legion of Boom are pretty long dead. And even with P. Trey Flowers and Jamal Adams, you're not coming close to that, which oh, puts not more pressure on the front seven. What do you really have? Not only on the front seven, but also on um, Mr. Unlimited as well, because this is going to fall on the shoulders of the offense much more so than the defense in Seattle right now. Like we talk about these teams and how the best teams have this balance of offense-defense. Seattle, I think it's definitely tilted offense. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could say it's the same situation in Buffalo, but Buffalo made some upgrades to our defense during the course of the offseason in order to close that gap a little bit. So maybe, yeah, the offense is still here, but the defense is like here now. In Seattle, that defense is probably closer to like down here. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of the and a lot of the weight of the world is sitting on Russell Wilson's shoulders. Yeah, and it's going to be intriguing to watch because for the longest time when Seattle's defense was at their peak and they still had issues like, all right, the defense is going to bail us out, but we still have Russell Wilson. And then as the Legion of Boom faded away, faded away, it's like, all right, Russell Wilson is going to bail us out. Now he's got to be the man. Paid like the face of the franchise, should have been treated like the face of the franchise. He actually is. How is this going to convalesce around him? We have one team left to cover, and I suggest we do it because me and Kennedy are about to fall asleep on air. My eyes are starting to water. <laughs> uh, Who did we cover? Eric. Oh, San, San Fran. You're right. Well, of course, your eyes are watering because you use the right amount of Frank's Red Hot. All that's right, why so I've been sniffing. We've sure that's the reason. Anyway, uh, <laughs> again, audio listeners, watch the video version of the podcast. That's all I can say about that. I will not explain that joke. If you get it, you get it. <laughs> to those who get it, no explanation is necessary. To those I who mean, don't, no explanation will do. Okay, but again, I have said myself, what is understood doth not need spoken. But haven't the two out of the three of us on this podcast have had recent experiences with tasting something unexpectedly salty? You're going to throw me in under, under the boat for the Atlantic Ocean thing, aren't you? How dare you? I told you well, to expect it. Off, off air, I will explain the reference, Kennedy. It's There's a thing. Sadly, there's a thing. <laughs> San Francisco, if this team is healthy, look out. Mm -hmm. Garoppolo. <laughs> Garoppolo, Goldman, Mostert, Juice. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name correctly. Tittle. Ayuk. Okay, maybe not so much Brandon Ayuk, but Debo Samuel and Muhammad Sanu. And then look at look at the upgrades to the offensive line this offseason as well in Alex Mack at center and Trent Williams at tackle. Wait, which name were you trying not to pronounce? Yeah, I'm stuck where you were. Kyle Juice. Kyle Juice. Juice. Yeah. Juice. Thank you. They just call him Juice on uh in, in, for the 49er fandom. I have a friend who's a 49ers fan. His name's CFB. 
crazy fucking bill. Because <laughs> I saw the look you guys were giving me. Uh, I was making see, up really terrible acronyms in my head. So if if you see a Bill Bisker Jr. on my Facebook page talking football, that's CFB. Got it. Crazy okay. Bill. Crazy fucking Bill. Crazy fucking Bill. He used to wrestle under CFB, so that's why. All right. I'm here for it. Uh, Kennedy. Yes or no? Uh, I won't even buy or sell you. Yes or no? If healthy, this is the most dangerous team in the division. No. Eric, yes or no? Yes. I agree with Eric. Well, this is going to be an interesting season. Well, not to mention we're also going to see what we have to say about this when we get to our divisional predictions, right, once we finish talking about the defense here. Because if unless you guys have anything specific to add about the offense there, I pretty much ran down the entire starting offense for them and the, the uh, key additions to their O-line here. So, mm-hmm. I mean, defensively, there's not really a ton there that to get excited about. Eric Armstead, Eric Armstead, uh, Nick Bosa obviously is really fucking good, but Bosa is going to be the question of how well does he come back from the injury. Jason Verrett, how well does he adjust to being with a with being on the other in the? Uh, it's getting late. How well does he adjust moving from the AFC to the ANFC? I mean, D Ford when he can line up on side. The shot at. It was a shot at Robert Taylor, wasn't it? I've already taken my shots at you. I couldn't let that go by in seeing that name. I didn't even realize D Ford was still in the league. Good for him. Hmm. Anyway, not a ton of names here that'll strike fear in the defense. But at the same time, though, I think offensively, again, much like we said with Seattle, there's this balance. And yeah. Nick Bosa is a one-man wrecking crew when he's healthy, much the same way his brother Joey is. But offense, defense, you know? Yeah, it's it really, you know where Shanahan stands and where his lineage is from his father. And with defensively, especially like with their front office, they're like, hey, we know defense, we know we get it. We have a former defensive stud as our general manager. We know what we're doing. Let us handle that, and you're going to get by. Kennedy, any thoughts on the offensive-defensive balance here? I, I totally want to go scroll, and I can't scroll on that. <laughs> I went to use my finger on my iPad. Um, anyways... <laughs> Uh, no, not really. Uh, I think, the, like we were talking about before, the offense here outweighs the defense 100%. So I think it's going to be a offense makeup for the lack of what the defense is going to do for them, especially in, like, the West against West. Specifically with Arizona's significant upgrades on defense, how well does San Francisco fare will be the question. Let's find out. Eric, standings. Can I put in the caveat that I am going to be basing this off of a healthy, healthy Garoppolo? Same for me. Same, same, same for, caveat. Yeah. How did you just say that? He said he's putting in a caveat. He's putting in a caveat. No, no, no. C a v e a t caveat. Yeah. Oh, it sounded weird. I don't know if it was the microphone, but it sounded like you said he it. He said funky. Ca- he said caveat. 
Huh. Okay. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> Sorry. San, Fran San Francisco, L.A., Seattle, Arizona. I'm, again, nervous. Yeah, yeah, you heard me correctly. I am sticking by that. Yes, shock face all you want for our video listeners. Even with everything that I've just said, yes, mark the tape, mark the time. You got your timestamp that you're going to put in the YouTube comments and everything else. <laughs> Even Alberta's shocked. Wait, I can't show her on video. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh Kennedy Rams Cardinals 49ers Seahawks San Francisco Arizona LA Seattle It's going to be another one of those years This is spicy. It's another one of those years It's for those Long-time listeners, you will understand. But for those new to the show, this is now season five of the podcast. We've been doing these predictions for quite a while. It seems just like every year or close to it, we have one where every single co-host disagrees on the order of finish of one division. This La is that division this year. Last year, so uh, Kennedy wasn't around for this, but last year when we still had four, because Randy was still a part of the show, myself, yourself, Eric, Jason, and Randy, it was the AFC South, mm -hmm. where literally each one of us took a different team to win the division. Somebody took Jacksonville. They proceeded to win one game. <laughs> I took Indianapolis, and then Andrew Luck decided, fuck this, I'm out right before the season started. <laughs> so, you know. Anyways, well, there you have it. There's your A. I just did it again. <laughs> As that one wasn't intentional. There's your NFC preview for 2021. The final preseason-ish episode of the kickoff will come to you next week, and it will have our official postseason predictions, i.e. wildcard teams as well as Super Bowl predictions. Uh, fun fact, actually, I'm going to throw this out there right now, Eric. Don't mm -hmm. be surprised if all, if three of the six come from the NFC West. Don't you mean three of the seven? Is it seven again this year? I thought it was only six. No, that changed. They kept it at seven. What? What the fuck? I thought you knew that wasn't going to be a one-time thing. That was permanent. <laughs> Must have been one of the compromises for the 17th game. Yeah, and we'll see what happens whenever they get to 18 in a few years' time. It becomes a, it becomes a regular NCAA tournament sub-bracket. Although, if they really wanted to get cheeky, they could use the system they do in Australia. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> The views and opinions of Eric Watkins when it comes to Aussie rules football specifically remain on point of viewer because fuck that. And look, look, you can eat with a wooden spoon for the first time since 1965 all you want. Some of us can choke and still make the postseason. Okay, so uh, you can see my social media information underneath me. You can see Eric's underneath him. 
That's a smart idea. I don't know why I didn't do that. It's fine, well, Kennedy. Just I mean, tell them tell your social media stuff so we can, I'm not doing a full wrap-up here because yeah, this show's no. long enough as it is. Uh, everything's going to be oh so close. Ed's underscore Ken for Twitter and Ken underscore Ed's for TikTok. I figured since we're all doing Twitter handles, that'd be oh. best to have it universal. Same, same. All right. One way or the other. All right, you know where to find us on socials if you listen to our old episodes. It shouldn't be difficult by now. You know the vetting process to get Eric's dark Twitter as well. Um, you have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Nailed it! This time... <laughs> Shout out to last week when I completely fucked that up. In addition, Eric, guess what? Spotify's here. Yeah, I got nothing fancy here. She's the she is the locksmith Kennedy Eddings. He is the DSDO Eric Watkins. I'm the voice of reason. Not this late at night. <laughs> My name is Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network, 156 minutes, Jesus.